shore Without a compass On a cold and lonely sea No beacon light of love To guide me through I lost the only treasure That means anything to me What now? What next? Where to? I thought I had a love that would be mine eternally. I felt so sure you'd be forever true. Welcome to Tales from the East End, episode 49, on this wonderful, beautiful, sunny day, Prof. It's uh, The sun is beating down in Johnny Blue's back garden. And uh, I'm Gary P, of course, and the Prof, Carl Royley, is with me. Hello there. And... Uh, we have a special show for you today, folks. It's Tales from the East End's Greatest Hits. That's right, for one week only. A full hour and a half of podcast highlights, including a Derek Tracy and Tony O'Dell sing-song, Pat Flynn's Bocker Stories, Carl. the meeting of the two Gary Shaws, more discussion Carl. on the definition of hoo-ha, oh, fuck's sake. Carl. our live studio audience, best hits, previously unheard audio, everything that was left on the cutting room floor. You don't want to miss this. Carl, we have... More things to talk about. <laughs> we can't push this off any longer. Right. Um, we're going to talk about Bowes and Bray and Limerick tomorrow. Flag interviews. We've loads to talk about. And uh, <laughs> I'm so apprehensive about this, Prof. We, it's a, we're dreading this one all week. You suggested Fair City talk. I'm, I'm up for that. Yeah. Um, yeah, so last week in Fair City. Um, <laughs> I don't even know. I don't even watch it, so we can't even talk shit about it. Uh, you can talk about the Walking Dead finale if you want yeah could go 15 minutes on that how much I despise it maybe uh, I saw a funny looking dog outside the house yesterday you could probably talk about that for a while mm. um, anything else we could talk about other than football I don't know but I like your suggestions let's keep them coming <laughs> okay um, <coughs> yeah Johnny Blue's out doing the garden uh, he's doing a bit of decorating and Johnny Blue's we're going to have a green and white and Mm. He's got the chainsaw. He'll be cutting a couple of trees down. Uh, probably sound a bit roomier than normal here because he's after clearing out a lot of stuff. Yeah, we should probably get some. We probably should get a couple of carpets actually and put them down. That'll probably help the sound. Uh, Tomo, the brother, he's his missus has her dog down. It's a big Alsatian, lovely big brown one called Gonzo. Talk more about the Alsatian here. Yeah, the Alsatian. Yeah, that that'll, that'll do. Yeah, big Alsatian. He's he's nice. Um. So we lost two of the balls and Talib will jump right in at the deep end. And we kept Horgan a goal, dropped Lopez for Ali and Joel for Brando. So in the build-up to the game, there was some fake news in the other sun about a Sunderland keeper. Prof, what did you think of that? That was a... Well, like, where did the, where did the rags get these random stories? Like Completely random story, totally untrue about a keeper that we're apparently in for. And I, mm. I reckon it was... Apparently he's a balls fan as well, so it was probably just a piss take completely. Hashtag fake news. Hashtag fake news. Um, uh, Bradley responded to Collie saying that he doesn't respect him or his opinion for what he's been saying on Soccer Republic. I think it was the line about it could cost him his job. Was that the, the line? Yeah, and one one thing I think we're going to touch on it later with the media. It's uh, they. I've only noticed this now recently uh, because we're paying a lot more attention. I'm paying a lot more attention to media and, and newspapers since we're doing the show is that they're, they're vultures 
a lot of the time and they just cling on to any little thing that they reckon mm. has some sort of shock value and they'll just run with it. Well, look at the timing of that article <coughs> about the new keeper. It, it was no coincidence. Yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm being very sceptical of, of uh, the, the media lately. Um, yeah, so that was Brad's response to Carly. Now, normally I, I don't mind Carly, but like I said, these, these guys are just media whores at the end of the day and I think whoever goes on Soccer Republic... The, the the more shocking they are, I think the more mm-hmm. they'll get invited back. Well, that's the approach Fabio is taking about. Yeah, we'll, Fabio we'll, is. We'll talk about taken, him later. We'll talk about him later. Um, and uh, we had Rona Finn, who said in the air. I have to say, the air sport promo video was brilliant. Yeah. We have our own Danny Dyer now. Yeah, that was epic. Yeah, he he was class. I have to find out who that guy is because it was brilliant. It really was. It got yeah. the goosebumps and the hair standing on the back of the neck. It was I brilliant. like how he just walked past Talca Park and he was saying the two <laughs> biggest clubs. He just sort of see Johnny McDonald glared at it. Yeah. See, this, see the, the look he got. <laughs> yeah. So it was wow. very well done. It yeah. was excellent. No, it yeah. was really well shot. And whoever did that is a football guy. They know their League of Ireland, you know. And, and that once again, excellent work by air. We've been uh, praising them, praising their. Uh, <clears throat> we've been praising them all season. Well, in fairness, RTE are excellent too. The, the montage and stuff. Yeah, true. But it's the overall stuff. It's it's the highlights online. Airsport were doing that well before RTE were from the live games. They have more pre-match build-up, more analysis afterwards. So yeah, there was overall, a, we, we were down interviewing people for Flag Day, and there was a rake of people down at Airsport in the corner just doing pre-match and and, and chatting away. Mm. Nutsy went by me. Yeah. Nutsy went by. Nutsy had a point in the bar. Fair play to him. Went in and, and sat down with Rawers fans. Um. So Finner's Finner's words in the promo video kind of came back to bite us, didn't he? Yeah. If you can't get up for a game like this, you may as well not be playing football. <sighs> what? <laughs> what? What? Yeah, it's, it's mad looking at that now because we were totally outfought in the game. Totally outfought and outplayed. Totally outfought and outplayed. I mean, we we were outplayed by a bunch of kids, but. Uh, we'll, we'll we'll get on to like I said like Mark Lynch keeps slagging me I'm the new Peter Collins we'll, we'll get on to that later we actually will though that's the difference <laughs> yeah he doesn't I guarantee you we will we will come back to this later I'll have to do my best Peter Collins impression now <laughs> next up is Shamrock Rovers he's terrible isn't he he's like a robot yeah so Graham Bourke won player of the month and he won Rovers player of the month as well so uh, actually before we go on forgetting our wonderful sponsors Pete Trees who now have a, a diners club and it's you register your email address with them so you go onto the site onto the Peachtree website or onto our Facebook page and you register your email address with them and today actually today you get 20% off if you've received that email so it's a special diners club you get special offers special promotions stuff like that and if you register they'll send you a voucher and you get a few quid off or whatever they decide that month so Peachtree East Sign up, send your email, and then you get a special email back. I got an email yesterday saying 20% off Wednesday 18th of April. So you go in today, you get 20% off your bill. So it's pretty cool. So check them out. As usual, our lovely sponsors, Peach Trees. Taste of heaven in talent. <laughs> so he won both player of the month. He won Ireland. So he gets 100 quid off of, uh, 100 quid voucher off Peach Trees. And he's got a tree, tells me the East down to a lovely meal. Well, as for the, the league award... Uh, Some lovely pints. Brando won it last year, last September. I remember, he went on that run. But before Brando, it had been five years. There was a bit of a an outcry as to how our player of the month uh, mm. history went down, wasn't there? Yeah, Trevor got nominated a couple of times last season. Yeah, and uh, yeah, so that's it. He's a successful month for Borky. 
And then we had a great start to flag day, didn't we? Oh, yeah. Absolute nightmare. You couldn't put up your flags behind the goal. On flag day. On flag day. <laughs> and it obviously it turned into a rail. Actually couldn't make it up. Yeah. No, it was the event controller, apparently, who's... So, I think it was out of our hands. We got the flags up eventually. And um, it's, it's, it's down as private property now, these fences. And they don't want them to fall over. So, it's the private contractor who is doesn't want anyone touching it because he thinks that if someone touches it and it falls they might claim off and that's my take on it or they might try and sue him or something like that so that's that's the take I'm I'm going for that's my hot take and uh, yeah it was a it was it was a colourful day sun was shining it was actually excellent even beforehand I said to you hmm. I said look at the sun is shining the ultras are out doing a bit Jaden was out helping the ultras getting getting some early experience in we were doing interviews the sun was shining taking shifts doing drinking points but it just wasn't to be, was it? The guards were fussy about uh, those flags. They thought they could be used as weapons. And yeah, as it quotes, turned out... Weapons. They were right. They were actually <laughs> were used as weapons on our own fans. Because our own fans threw it at the back of our own fans' heads. Yeah. So is, way to go, folks. In fairness now, that type of shit is getting nipped in the bud. Like, whenever I see it, someone threw a can as well and I caught the young it. I think I just gave it a little scald. I said, listen, cop on. You're throwing things at people in indiscriminately. Like, they just don't do it. It's, it's stupid. Carry on. So uh, it was cool to see the others kind of setting up, though. It was great. I loved. Uh, it. I sat there. I was just. I was just watching the whole thing. It was I've class. been. I've been in at six o'clock a few times, but mainly to sort of go to the bar and chat to people. But mm. I've never been in the stadium where it's just quiet and there's just um, construction workers going around and. Others are setting up their displays and Air Sport are setting up their cameras. Yeah, it's yeah. pretty cool. The mix of personalities in the Ultras was quite cool because they were having constructive arguments over where things should go and you, it was it was quite cool to see who was the leader. I still haven't figured it out. But <laughs> like there was one guy trying to dominate proceedings. There was another guy telling them, no, we shouldn't be like this. Here's the halfway point. That's section two and four and nine and you can't have that there and the flagpoles need to be here. And then, then they're talking to Gary who are saying you can't have those flags. Yeah, and people are down beside me going, Jesus, it's just a clash of personalities every time. But it's, it was like, cool. It's constructive. They're like, well, we spent all week preparing these flags. Yeah, so. it's just going back and forth and then phone calls being made to people saying cops are harassing us, what are we going to do? But in fairness to the cop, he, the main cop that, that did it, he was actually a nice guy and I was taking the piss out of him. I said, geez, you have to justify your overtime somehow. And he goes, I'm not even on overtime. It's just a regular shift. So they were nice guys in fairness. They weren't negative. So they just had to kind of, he said it, he looked up in the stand and he saw a lot of poles. He goes, right, they're weapons. <laughs> I have to address it. So it was okay in the end. And the eighteen ninety nine display, uh, it went down. It was an, it was as as was said to me by one of the ultras. It's the most PC display they've had in a while. <laughs> just four numbers, <clears throat> just four numbers, and some wavies as they I guess mm. they call them. Should have actually said though eighteen ninety nine ish, eighteen ninety nine ish, which is still developing, isn't it? Still not one hundred percent sure. We're still not one hundred percent sure. Yeah, but I mean the prof were higher up uh, than usual in the east stand, and I think we liked it. Nice view up there. Yeah, and that was just down to crowd congestion we had to kind of mm. climb and clamber our <laughs> way in and uh, yeah no, the, where we usually stand we were a bit hurried up and it was it was a good view although apparently you're, you're more prone to bee attacks up there <laughs> yeah did you see the size of that thing it was like a six month old child with wings <laughs> flying around did you see it it actually this, hit someone in the head this thing came here to enslave the human race <laughs> that's how big it this was, bee it, was it was a spy for the aliens that are due to come in <laughs> You want to see the size of this thing? It was visible. Like, I mean, everyone was looking at it going, Jesus. <laughs> uh, 
Huge joke. Yeah, but it, it was swatted out. Anyway, it was digged out, not swatted. Yeah, throwing Bra- punches at this Brave thing. man, whoever yeah. swatted huh? And uh, like I said, me and the prof took shifts. And we were getting everybody with their flags and we, we got all sorts. So uh, we're going to roll out a couple of flag interviews now. Okay, we're here for flag day. So give us your name and describe what your flag looks like. Uh, my name is Peter Richardson. Uh, pride of Dublin Shamrock Rovers, the Portis Club. This is a flag that hasn't been out in a while. Qu- quite a large flag. As you can see, Macker think you're putting a sail on the ship here. Quite a big flag. We got it when we were formed first. Uh, pride of Dublin Shamrock Rovers, the Portis Club. And... Uh, we were hoping to put it up today as, as being flag day and as you can see we're not allowed so what inspired the flag uh pride of dublin was uh, what we think shamrock rovers are pride of Ireland as well but pride of dublin originally uh there was quite a few as you see the district is dundrum basically we were formed in dundrum we're all from around that area rough farm dundrum Stalorg, and all around that area uh Celtic as well, there's a Celtic crest on it. A lot of the lads support Celtic as well. And the Shamrocks uh, signify both clubs. There was a great relationship at one time between Celtic and Rovers fans. It's stalled a bit over the years, unfortunately. But I mean, back in my day, I remember when we played them in Euro- the, it was called the European Cup then. And we got a great reception in Glasgow from what was then called the Jungle. I actually waited outside to wait to meet the Rovers fans coming out and it was really special. But it's soured a bit in the years, unfortunately, because of some of them have aligned themselves with Bohemians and there's a bit of shit goes on. Now, I've nothing to do with any of that or know anything much about it other than I know there's been hustling Glasgow and places even over it, you know. What's the furthest has travelled? Uh, that's a good question. As I say, it's been put in storage for a while, so it hasn't travelled much further than Ireland, I have to say, because it's a big flag, right. you know. And if it gets wetter in. So, Ireland, oh, it's been to every ground back in the day. Paul O'Connell, uh, Gary Twigg, supporters club, uh, a big dirty green flag with Gary Twigg celebrating a goal. I think it was against Bowes at Daly Mount, I think. And then the other thing is uh, what's traditionally described as 25-year-old Troy Colour that I did in the parents' garage. And I put Ashbourne says, how are you? On this, and a, 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 a rover's crest on it as well on the bottom of it. It's faded. There's coffee stains, there's football stains, there's piss stains, there's all kinds of stains on the thing. Um, it was almost robbed in Lithuania in 92, and it survived that attack, and it's still flying. I was going to ask you, when, where is the furthest has travelled, so is that Lithuania? Uh, the, the, no, the Ashburn says, how your flag's been in Japan. Uh, it's been in the States, it's been three continents, so uh, pretty proud about that. Uh, all, all, all in good causes following football. Uh, the Gary Twig one has been... Fortis Gary Trigg has been has been Finland, uh, but hopefully it'll be maybe in Scotland this July sometime. Hopefully, so tell us the origins of your flag. What inspired it? Uh, well, there was a there was a cool period in ninety one ninety two in the RDS where there was uh, a group of us that were in and around mid twenties, early twenties, and. There was lads that were making flags with uh, snooker table covers. There was fellas that were taking uh, the old uh, shamrocks down from the RDS. They were robbing them and turning them into rover flags. So everybody was making flags at that stage. It was all DIY at that, that point in time. So basically, you just got a you got a, a piece of cloth and you put whatever you wanted to on it. Some people were very creative, uh, and that was it. It was just to be part of the flag club, you know. And uh, it just develops since then. And then, of course, the supporters club flag is that's five years old now, you know. Um, 
done professionally. You know, that's the way it should be now, you know, so that's the orange of the flags. What year did you first display each of them? Uh, the Ashbourne one is up since 92. Uh, that was both at Ireland Games and Rovers Games from RDS onwards. And uh, this one has been, it's, it's just five year old this year, so you're talking 2012. So home and away. Paddle Tool and the flag is Derek Tracy number one criminal hoops. And obvious question, what inspired it? Um, the man himself, 17 years at the club, I just thought he had to be uh, you know, there all the time. He's been there through tick and ten with us, it wasn't for the price of money, or for the sake of money I should say, wages. When things were bad, he, he stuck to those colours, green and white. What year did you first display the flag? Um, going back, I'd say, after the first Legends Ball, which was probably 2002, I'm not too sure. I'm sure everybody would be jumping on now going, no, it's X amount. But, um, yeah, um, 2002 we'll go with. What's the furthest has travelled? furthest has travelled. Uh, we went to Sunderland. It actually went to Sunderland. It's first match to be unfailed. That was with Sunderland. Uh, the friendly were under Pat Scully. So that's probably the furthest it would have went at that time. McTara Ferris is my name. My flag is uh, Shamrock Rovers stroke Ireland flag. So it's got the tricolour at the top third and then black in the middle with Shamrock on it and then green in the bottom with Rovers. So. What inspired did you? Uh, I used to have another, I had a tricolour with SRFC hoops on it, hung it at a Ireland under 21 game in Denham Park, um, next scene on the internet hung upside down with people with their eyes blacked out, so yes. Yeah, what year was that? That was, Steve Stones was manager of Ireland, so 2000 and... Six, six, seven, eight. seven, yeah. So, so I got a new flag, uh, so it's on that. At that team, so something you could hang in an Ireland game because I have a season ticket. So generally, I'm hanging it from the east uh, stand over in Lansdowne Road, and something that I can hang at a, at a Rovers game. But the first time I was at an Ireland game was a uh, two-all draw in Slovakia. So this this flag's well travelled now. It was in San Marino the night of the Granny Gate Stephen Ireland incident. You know, what's the furthest has travelled? Um, South Africa for the World Cup in 2010. Probably hung it at a couple of games. Got a got a few mentions on the on the TV. So that's probably the probably the furthest away. Right, so I'm here with Sean Fury from the Ultras and Sean's Flag Day today at Tallis Stadium. But a couple of problems, a couple of snags beforehand, but they're all sorted now. It's the Dublin Derby. What have you got planned? Yeah, yeah, we have um, have about 100, a bit more um, flags across Block M, across the East and um, big display here today. Um, just. Easy trying to get something a bit bigger going in Tallad like we used to do a few years ago, trying to get people involved in that. So I just feel it's important for everyone to try to get involved. I know uh, now some people mightn't be into it, but um, it's just for a few minutes, you know, get the crowd going and that. And like you said, if, if you have a problem, just have to move, get out of the way. And yeah, yeah, and if like anyone else wants to get involved, they're obviously welcome to come down and that as well. And yeah, we're big fans of the atmosphere and, uh, and everything that the Ultras do at Tales from the East End and particularly our derby displays. What was the motivation for tonight's effort? Um, we basically just wanted to do something a bit bigger. But, uh, we haven't really done anything on this scale before, or not for a good while anyway, um, in terms of um, scale-wise in the stand. Um, we have a good bit more now to go from what you see here anyway, so to set up and that. So hopefully it goes off without, um, without any hassle anyway. 
Yeah, we spoke to fellow Ultra Neil about the process of making displays, and do you still have to use guerrilla warfare tactics to find somewhere to work? <laughs> yeah, we're a very short place at the moment, but uh, we got we got uh, we got somewhere there for the Sunday for a few hours, and uh, had about ten lads up there, so we got we got it sorted in the end anyway. And I won't keep you. I know you're busy getting block Emmy and block M ready. So what's your favourite Rovers display ever? Um, it's probably the 15 year, now. Yeah. the usual. <laughs> <laughs> We're back here and it's flag day and we have the Hillview SRFC hoop. So uh, what's your name and tell us tell us about your flag. Uh, it's, my name is Lee and uh, flag's only like new enough since last year. Do you remember what, day, what game it made its debut? Uh, I think it was Sligo home last year. And what's what's the idea behind it? What inspired you to get it made? Uh, well, just a few lads just kept going and said you might as well. Yeah, and where are these from? Hillview. It's uh, near enough to Andromnick. And uh, what's the furthest that's travelled so far? Uh, furthest would be Bray. That's Bray. Hopefully hopefully gone to Europe this yeah, year. Yeah. Uh, we have Paul and we have Glenn here. So tell us about the flag there, uh, Glenn. Uh, just when we heard about the competition, we said we'd put one in, but even if we didn't win, we were going to get it made up ourselves. So the club uh, told us that's no problem, and they helped us out with it as well. So thanks very much to the club for that. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a cracker. And tell us about the origins of the flag. I must borrow the idea, Paul. <laughs> I was sitting at home one night, <laughs> and I just Paul's, decided to start... Uh, waving them off here. <laughs> Paul doesn't want to know. I was sitting at home one night, and I just decided to start drawing, and that's what we came up with. And it's, is this its debut? This is the first year, we only got it 15 minutes ago. So this is the debut, the brand new Junior Hoops flag, and uh, do you reckon it'll travel to Europe? Possible. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, lads. Well, maybe not the kids. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Junior Hoops staying at home. <laughs> So that were our flag interviews and uh, thanks to anybody who participated and it was uh, some interesting stuff. Yeah, fascinating to hear the origins of some people's flags and how long they've been displaying them and stuff. So, Of course, sponsored by Flagman Ireland, all yeah. those Flagman interviews. One group we unfortunately did not get a flag interview with Gar was the Palmeiras fans. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Mm, they were at the derby. Hashtag Go Shamrock, they tweeted. Go Shamrock. I can Sorry. get behind the hashtag. <laughs> no, I can't. Can't be, definitely not. Has to be Robert. But we're going to analyze the game now, and um, it actually was very entertaining, to be honest. And it was a good game. Yeah. They they played well from the start. Let's be honest. They they came at us, and uh, our goal was against the run of play. Our goal was against the run of play, and I have to say it was a thing of beauty, absolutely gorgeous. If someone was to march in here and argue that that is the best goal scored in Tata, I'd be like. You would, okay. Yeah, you'd have you'd like, okay, I can yeah, see that. Like Borky against Boleslav. They're very different kind of goals. Borky was just an outrageous long shot. The agility to even get near that. I mean, that was just a punt of a cross, and we didn't expect it at all. We were just like, oh, Carzy might get on that. And we were only speaking beforehand in the previous shows about how we wanted Car to get in the box because of that stabbing goal against Sligo and how he looks dangerous. Yeah. The goal against Dundalk for the front post. He's dangerous in the box. And then that ball gave, and he the leap there's a fantastic photo. I don't know who took it. Hopefully it was one of our lads, it was Bobby. I, I, I wouldn't surprise me if it was George or Bobby. It, he's mid air, I think it's just after he kicks it. And he's twisting his leg around. And it's stunning. The agility of this guy is outrageous. And the more we get him in the box, I think that the more he's gonna he's gonna score goals. But it was a f- fantastic goal and Jaden ended up being crowd surfed down towards <laughs> the end of the East End. It was just people went nuts. And might I say that it was considerably more packed than usual atmosphere was was electric and I, I know like we have a lot more to talk about but we're going to talk about the positives first <laughs> off field maybe 
but it was the atmosphere was electric and uh, Jaden was crowd surfed down to the end of the stand. It was it was a decent ball in, but it was more of a hit and hope one, wasn't it? But when you look at it, you'd be kind of you'd be hoping your striker might hit the target. That it was that sort of ball. He placed it in the corner and left the keeper with no chance yeah. from a ridiculous angle. One thing I will say as well, and I spoke to you about this during the week, and I think you had a, a bit of a difference of opinion. I, I don't get why they, they don't come over to our fans to celebrate. Every away team that scores against us runs straight over to their section, into the corner. Yeah. Run over to the East stand. Run over and celebrate with the fans. No, that's a good point. I was watching the back, and uh, I think he was sort of golden the, the Bows fans a bit. Yeah, was he? he yeah. was slightly. I don't mind that, but I'd, I'd love for them to which, come over and which celebrate. Which Gary Twig did a lot, yeah, in fairness. I don't mind that. Yeah. It's okay, but I'd love for them to come over into the East stand and just celebrate and go nuts. Because Block M is where it goes down, you know what mm. I mean? We have celebrated a few derby goals. Remember Mele scoring? <laughs> Davy Mack, obviously, we Davey talked Mack, about that yeah. when he ran to us. But it's almost a crime against football that that goal did not count for anything. It just made, like Dunster on the Rovers chat made a great point that nobody's talking about it. Hmm. Nobody is talking about it. I said it. that as well about the, the Waterford game. I read, the goal. I read every post in Rovers chat after that game. And nobody mentioned that Burke goal. Not one person, not one person talk about that goal, yeah. And this one, I mean, the it'll, it'll be remembered, but it'll be totally overshadowed by what followed. So, yeah, I, I, I genuinely think we'll talk about the Rovers' course now in a while when, as as the the podcast descends into insta- insanity. What do you think of uh, Ball's penalty shield? Stonewall. I, I thought it was a definite penalty. Absolute Stonewall penalty. Keep burn. Rob Harvey got it all wrong again. That guy's having a terrible couple of weeks. But um, he seems to be getting a lot of big decisions wrong. But listen, we take it all day. Lukey was, the look on his face was hilarious. He was just so relieved. <laughs> but um, Stonewall panel, all day. Mm. And I mean, that's, uh, we just, we we did finally get a bit of luck. Finally get a bit of luck in a game. And we just can't capitalise on it. Do you remember how real this we were against Derry? We were one or two nil up and we weren't settling for that. We wanted more goals. Yeah, we were going at them. This one we were 1-0 up and we sat in. That second half, it was just coming. The goals were coming. We knew it. They were just getting at us and getting at us. That guy, Dylan Watts in the middle of the park. Yeah, he was... alone from Leicester. Little blondie guy. He was man the match, He yeah. ran the show. 19-year-old running the show against two experienced pros, Finn and Bulger, in the middle of the park, letting a 19-year-old run it. Like, we will call it how it is. It was a disgrace. Oh, personally, for me, I felt that that performance and... Take it on the chain, yeah. Be constructive, like what Greg Bulger said. It wasn't good enough. It wasn't good enough as as a Rovers player, and that's we, we. Fair enough, you could say that Rovers players demand success, or Rovers fans demand success. We demand fight. We want fight and people to play for the jersey and have passion, and have have some sort of like knowledge of what it means for the fans to 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 be a part of this club. This is a way of life for us. This takes over our lives, Prof. We we talk about Rovers every day. We, this is our life. They don't. They need to know that. They need to understand what this means to the fans. This isn't just showing up for two hours on a Friday or going down the country for a, a piss up. This isn't. That's not what it is. It's more than that. It's a way of life. It's a culture. It's what people. It's ingrained in people's lives. Players need to know that, and I don't think they do because it's not hitting home. How many players know how many leagues and tro- leagues and cups have we won? They always get that question wrong. They need to buy into it. They need to know. They. We. We need some sort of a maybe a training ground invasion like 
Piacenza did back in the day, and, and maybe the, I think Lazio did it as well. They're ultra storm the training ground. They, they need to do, to be educating the what, what it means to play for Rovers. It's not just oh League of Ireland. It's picking up a wage. It's not. It's it's a it's a pride thing. Like you have to be pr- you have to be proud to play for the hoops, and that's what I thought we have developed. But it's kind of it's kind of fell away. And I think somebody made a point in Rovers chat about the mercenary attitude might be creeping back in. I hope I hope I'm, I hope I'm wrong. I hope it doesn't. But at the moment, we're we're just not clicking. We're really not clicking. But um, but just before that equaliser, Dylan Watts had a great run. So that was a warning shot. Yeah. He was really getting at us at that point. And then the goal came. And the goal came. It was great. And do you know what? I beforehand I'm giving Dan Bourne dogs abuse in the in the bar in the eighty ninety nine bar saying he's a he's a shy centre half and they haven't played centre mid. And Boyle got caught up field. And I don't to be fair, he was he was hassling somebody in the middle of the park. He was he, in he was in midfield trying to win the ball. He nearly ended up like towards the left. And by the time the cross came in, he was way too he was far way behind too far Burn. behind them, yeah. So he was out of position for that one. And stroked home, great. It was a great. It was a great cross and volley. It was a super goal there. Yeah. Well, Ward broke the corner flag. Yeah, see him. He can fuck off. Do you know what? Fuck him. List of hatred. This is gonna be. This is gonna be a, a list of hatred session. There's gonna be a list of hatred gangbang today. There's gonna be all sorts of people thrown on it. We'll, He's gone on it. Right, keyword. We'll save the thunder line for when we gather them all later. Yeah. So yeah, keyword list of hatred straight away. Tweeting shit like that as well, thinking, "Oh yeah, take it out of our cup bonus." You know, fuck him. Anybody who goes on Twitter and at Shamrock Rovers like that, a player or anyone like that, yeah, fuck them. List of hatred, keyboard, little fat fuck. Now, <laughs> excuse me, <coughs> very passionate this week, prof. Um, it's very unprofessional, wasn't it? <laughs> but uh, yeah, so uh, Shazzy's chance. Now the crowd trouble. We'll talk about the crowd trouble as well. Straight after the goal, uh, Bowles tried to invade the home end. And attack families and children, and uh, the wheelchair section, and uh, puppies and rabbits <laughs> and orphans. Uh, they they just went for everybody. We're just calling it like it is, folks. That's yeah, hundred percent what happened. So, balls attacking newborn babies and uh, taking them from their cribs at night. <laughs> we were just minding our own business. Yeah, the crowd trouble, and you know what? What made me sick as well? The crowd trouble that added on nine minutes is what was our downfall in the end. Yeah, because they got the the late goal, of course, and so the or as someone put it, is <clears throat> actually wasn't minutes added on. It's just the play was stopped. Yeah, and I had to, uh, yeah stopped for that long. So uh, just kind of a myth that time is added on. So the crowd trouble was quelled, and then we went on to be rubbish for another how long? Half an hour. We just weren't good enough. We had no fight. We we had we were, well, we were sparse of ideas. There was no ideas. There was well, at home this season, we weathered a few storms. Like Sligo got on top of us for a while. And then we sort of got back into the game. But this game, I kept waiting and waiting. I was like, okay, we'll ride this out now. It just never happened. And it never happened. It just never happened. We weren't able to weather that storm. And we paid for it big time in the end. Because we were being overrun in midfield. Big time. From a little a little whippet in the middle of the park. And like I said, our two seasoned midfielders, Boulder and Finn, couldn't cope with it. And I just don't know what got into the team that day. There was no fight. There was no fight for the jersey. I really don't know what happened. Well, Boulder didn't have a great game the previous week. Yeah, no, I, in fairness, Dundalk. I called for him to be dropped. And this is all just, like like I said, this, is, this isn't personal. This is just how we feel. He, had a, he should have been dropped and Davey Mack should have been in there. Because Davey Mack's been chomping at the bit. For weeks now, trying to get a game, 
and Bulger was poor against Dundalk. So to persist mm-hmm. with playing him, I thought was the wrong the wrong option. But interestingly, uh, people talk about whether to play Bulger or Davy Mack. The most unfortunate man in the squad, Sam Bone. Yeah, I think he might be out injured though. Is that is that? I the think case? He, I think he did have an injury at one point. Possibly his Instagram showed up a bandaged foot, so he could be injured. I don't know if it's ever made public though. But uh, like people are talking about how deep Craig Bulger's playing, he's almost like a third centre back. Yeah. But Sam Bone, when he did that, he was excellent. In fairness, he was superior at that job. Yeah. To Bulger because he was spraying balls and finding people, whereas Craig Bulger kind of. Against the dark and balls, he was looking for the safe pass. Mm. And unfortunately, there was, there was a good few misplaced passes that day. But he's the, he's the guy that you want to be mopping up everything and, and holding on to position so you can start again. Like, he'll break up play, hold on to position and distribute it to our players. But he steps back into a third centre-half role, which I don't mind. Some people were making the point that it's a waste of a midfielder. If we push our full-backs on, then it's not. But our full-backs haven't really been effective in the last couple of weeks. So... Ever since we lost Trev, we've been we've been at a loss at fullback. So if if we do have that centre midfielder like Sabone and and Greg Bulger dropping back in as a third centre half, our fullbacks have to get on. That is the sole reason for that because our third centre half, which will be Bulger or Bone, they're getting on the ball to play the ball to, to play the play to play the fullbacks in. So that's what you want. The fullbacks bombing on and uh, the third the third centre half covering them. But that's mm-hmm. just, it's just not working at the moment. I don't think people should try and rewrite history either because Greg Bulger was not bad up until Dundalk. No, no, he has been. He had a very positive start, let's be honest. I thought, in my opinion, he was good. He was excellent up until that. He was, he was playing very well. So. But if you, if you want to believe some people, apparently he's been bad all season. And no. That's, that's bollocks. That's bollocks. Absolute bollocks. We won't listen to that at all. And um, just before the, the winner, the Shawsy chance, it was popping around the box and it was heading for the top corner. It was, a, it was a super stop by, by Supple. He used his right hand to save it on the right side. The ball just sort of hung up there, didn't it? And Shazi kind of had to crane his neck a bit. Yeah, well, he did well to get to it in fairness, but it just... I think it just summed up Shazi's season so far. It's just been stop-start and he hasn't been getting a run of games. and it, It's just not... It's it's not his fault. He's not starting. He, Danny Carr has been picked ahead of him, you know? It's crazy to think if that had what, went in, what might have been. What might have been if that had went in? You know what I mean? It would have been an undeserved win, absolutely. But can you imagine that goes in? It's it's everything oh, is flipped over. Flip city, yeah. It's oh god, I'm just getting depressed sitting here talking about this. Yeah. So uh, so then came the the mayhem, and it was Ali G once again. I last night in work, I wrote down every individual mistake. Uh, that we've we've had in, in our games and it's actually sickening all these individual errors and once again this has to be down to an error Ali G gets put on on the on the back foot and it's clipped in behind him typical uh, tactics in a in a time like this clip the ball in behind the fullback and hopefully you get something out of it Ali G cuts inside I think Horgan was on for the pass someone could have been on for the pass but he uses right foot half hearted clearance and it goes it was... to I think it ended up at someone else before It was pass. a woeful clearance yeah. in the 99th minute. At that stage. The 99th minute. At that stage, you either need to put out for a throw Put in it in block M. Or pass the halfway line. Put it in the east end. Don't put the ball back into play. Now, fair enough, he's probably thinking we could push on and score here. But with the way the game was going, they were putting serious pressure on us. Just get the ball out. But that was the story of the second half. We kept inviting pressure on ourselves. You I'm you t- had been talking about that for a few weeks that we were giving the ball away in our own half. Yeah, it's so annoying. 
look at the individual errors. Like I said, I wrote them down last night, right? You had the start of the season, it was uh, Horgan was out of position for the tour goal against Bowles. You could say he could have got, he, he could have stayed up and, 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 and been quicker for the, or, or made himself big for the second goal. Uh, the fourth one, Pico, this is the 3 1 in Daily Mount. Pico lost his man for that. And then we'll talk about what Dundalk, the errors there with Horgan. Possibly too like the, all these individual errors, the Waterford Tomer mistakes, Grace giving the ball away, Bulger giving the ball away, and Dundalk forgot like all these individual errors in our own half, they have to be cut out. And we these players are are good footballers, they're really good footballers, and it's so uncharacteristic. Why why is it happening? Why are we making all these individual errors from a, an excellent squad on paper anyway? It just baffles me to why we're, we keep making these individual errors. It really does. Well, I think what what was so disheartening for people after this game, obviously, it was the derby. It was the 99th minute that just ramped up everyone's feelings. Mm. But this wasn't a 10-minute spell where they won the game, like in Daily Mount. They outplayed us they from did start to finish. And the they're well is, worth the win. Yeah, no, they're well worth the win. And the like you said, the manner, the manner of the defeat, I think, is what is driving people nuts. The the fact that we were outplayed, the fact that it was balls, and the fact that it was the ninety nine minutes. So I think that if this had been maybe Cork or someone else, I don't think the the uproar would have been that bad. But because it was the ninety nine minute, it was balls, and we were outplayed. I think that's the the basement club. You know, one win. Since since they beat us in, in Daily Mount, I think that's what it was. <clears throat> that's what I'll put it down to. But uh, there's no, we're not putting a shine on that. I thought we were terrible. Um, yeah, so uh, Coustrain, Joel Coustrain was positive when he came on. He seems to like a get up players. Gets himself, he got himself out a great little. Uh, yeah, the throw in from Luke yeah. Byrne. He took it well and turned. It was just the shot was really tame. On his right foot. Yeah. But uh, no, he, he was a bright spark in the game. Pretty much. Dan Carr, Horgan and Custrain were the only players in that game that could actually hold their heads, heads up. Yeah, two, not to forget two excellent saves from Horgan as well. One from Keith Ward and one down yeah. low by I think it was JJ Lunny. The one down low was brilliant. It was a super stop. It was a super and then stop. Ward shot wide from the, the rebound. Yeah. yeah, should have buried it in fairness. But I mean, yeah, fair play. And Bray as well. Fair play to Kevin Horgan because how much scrutiny was he under? Serious. going into those games and he's he's 20 years old and he was really good in both games so it just shows you doesn't it massive credit to that and um, yeah so that was Kustra who was positive and then the team selection um, he dropped Pico and he stuck with Bulger so personally those are the two that I think in our team selections I put Pico and Davy Mack in and I, f- I felt I mean I felt it would have had a difference I felt, I felt it would have made a difference so I think Pico Pico knows how to play in the derby. Fair enough. We've we've been a little bit critical of him before as regards to his marking and set pieces, but I still think Pico's a very good player. And someone made a good point that he has a lot of clean sheets playing alongside Grace. I just think he would have been up for the for the derby, you know. I like this comment from uh, Mel Terme, not his real name. Among the things Davy Mac and Pico have in common is that they're both working class dubs, i.e. exactly the type of lads you need for a dub and derby. Yeah, I think so. It makes it makes a bit of sense. But I think Brazler has been good this season at Picking players for certain games. If you notice early on, he kept picking and choosing when he played Lukey. Yeah, true. And that worked. Whereas this game was probably crying out for David. It Mike. was, and I think he got it wrong. He got his team selection wrong. But um, 
Yeah, so we'll we'll move on now. Um, so Dunster, Paul Dunham says we're pretty much Arsenal. So we're basically Arsenal, which is uh, a horrifying thought. Yeah, some people were saying we're too nice. This team is too nice. Yeah, we spoke about that before on the show about being nice. And I mean, Finn and Bulger, can they have they got the potential to be nasty? But Davy Mack certainly has. But listen, we'll move on from our Davy Mack. Uh, with Davy Mack predicament and the atmosphere afterwards was toxic to say the least Prof it reminded me to an extent of uh, Spartan Fingo although the difference that day was that was just eerie silence Fingo got the last minute winner yeah it was just shock but this was that was a that was a title gone this was anger or so we thought so it was different certainly wasn't as bad as Fingo yeah, also was- the sight of players dropping in the pitch afterwards that's what it kind of reminded me of it Remember when that Glenn Crow goal went in? Yeah. And the players just lying down. Remember Twiggy lying on his back? Price, trying to get Price up as well. Yeah. We could barely get him off his knees. So the team were kept back for an hour in the dressing room, probably getting a bollocking, and uh, Brads are missed Airsport and RTE. Yeah, they actually packed up and went home. The two of them, the two interviewers. And, uh, yeah, not, not a single player emerged in the dressing room. Well, I was there. I was there a little over an hour in the tunnel. And I went up to the 89-9 suite and, yeah, a few people weren't happy that no one from management had came up. Which, personally, I, I think they should have. I think they should have sent somebody from the football department because there was fans waiting. And, fair enough, we don't have we don't demand to be to, to have an answer for this type of thing. But if, if you're going to advertise it and say that someone's going to be there and then just because of the results you don't show up, I, I think that's that's a little bit cheap on the fans. Like just, just send someone. Yeah, I saw the debate about it, and the debate was basically, like, was a judgment call made that the atmosphere could have been sort of toxic in the room, given the result and how it happened, but I've actually not seen any of these post-match interviews, I'm usually in the tunnel afterwards, yeah. but from what I'm told, it's usually very respectful, like, Khan is doing the Q&A, it's, the microphone's not put out there to the floor, yeah, I mean, for people to fans aren't asking to questions. yell nonsense. Yeah. It's respectful. So maybe, maybe someone would have acted the idiot and shouted something. You, you never know. Oh, but, it would have happened. Definitely yeah. would have happened. Someone would have been shouting up and things like that. Fair enough. But like you said, they could have sent McPhail or Cronin, or they could have sent someone and said, "Listen, sorry guys, it's not going to happen." You know, fair enough. Mm. We were on the back of a, a devastating loss, but it's. Maybe it's I don't know. Maybe maybe it's something that something else was behind it. I don't know. Maybe they were all occupied. But either way, I think I think someone could have just let the fans know. You know, listen, this isn't happening. It was a bit chaotic. I mean, like I said, no one knew whether interviews were going to happen. Yeah. So uh, we'll 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 move on a little bit. And um, we uh, we met one of our overseas hoops, Eamon, aka Taha Hoop. Big shout out to Taha Hoop. Great to meet him. Just yeah. off the back of a ten-hour flight, I think from San Fran. Yeah, great to meet him. He's massive supporter of us. Yeah, uh, and uh, he was. Uh, I think he, what, what did he say? He, he might have an interview after. I think he's, is he still there for Limerick? I'm not sure, but now catch he, him with a couple of points. He, he's refusing to be interviewed. Yeah, but uh, if you had this guy, if you had people come to you and say that it's strange hearing your voice in person because they listen to us at home or whatever no, on the no. podcast, I've had. I've had somebody, I think it was in Limerick in the bar, and I had someone saying, I knew I recognised that voice after just chatting to someone. That's the only time. I've got that a few times too, yeah. Yeah, other than that, no. The, the Dundalk game, someone turned around 
I was like, oh, I knew you recognised that voice. <laughs> yeah. No, I haven't had yeah. that yet. I haven't had the pleasure of that yet. No, but afterwards it was uh, Mark James and Ozzy Nate. They were saying that it's really odd hearing my voice. I'll go down Ozzy Nate. In person. And uh, Mick McCarthy gave me a ring the other day. He says that people have been ringing him about the show. Really? Non-stop. It was like, people from Rath Mines calling me, saying, ah, oh, James, Mick, you're still alive. No way. Ah, yeah. Good stuff. He did, he, the show got a brilliant response for him, yeah. And the lady running, yeah, anyway. Fair play. Yeah. We'll have, uh, we'll have to get that special guest on, get his messenger boy on. Yeah, and Garrett, nobody will like my stats today. Mm, what about Nulty? This is only part one. <laughs> part <laughs> one of hell. Oh, man. It's, uh, we're, we're, in fairness, we're putting a quite positive spin on this today so far, but listen, it's going to get worse because I talk about Bray. <laughs> yeah, so that was the first time since August we lost back-to-back games. Okay. That was our first home league defeat since August as well. Okay. Uh, here's the bad one. Go on. We've lost four games with a half time lead in all competitions since 2011. Oh. Three of them were to Bowes. Oh, you know what? That's, that's horrible. And two of them were this season. Two coming from, like, think about that. One nil up against Bowes. And they are on a shoestring budget. This, uh, this cup final business, and that that has to, I think that that has to stop because it's it's being thrown at us now. You say it has to stop, but, but it is their cup final. That's being honest. It fucking is. It's the biggest. Like they'll they'll be happy this season if they avoid a relegation battle, right? Come fucking seventh or eighth and beat us three times, they will be over the moon with that. Well, partly the reason why it's caught on so much is because it is true. They have three wins this season. Two of them have been against us. One was against the bottom club, Bray. I'm telling you. But as far as I know, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think he actually said cup final before the game. No, it was referring to the previous comments from maybe the year before, it wasn't? Yeah. He so didn't I, mention it at all. So they're digging, they're, they're actively digging. I don't think he even said it before the opening day. No, so they're just, no it's, it's an old quote. They're talking old about last quote. year. Yeah. So obviously, Keith uh, Long had mentioned this. And... This is one of one of his tactics. Was one what I've heard. Like he printed out quotes from like Bradzer and to inspire his players. So they had a media blackout. And I'm, he, I'm not buying that. To be honest, I'm not buying that. Bowes need quotes to be motivated to play us. Oh, he definitely mentioned it. Keith Long definitely mentioned that. He's like, see this fucking. No, I'm not doubting it that they necessarily did it, but I really doubt that this actually made all that much of a difference. Yeah, they just kind of remembered it after the game and says, "Oh, let's tweet that." Let's let's talk. Some funny to say online yeah, exactly. afterwards, whatever. But yeah. did they really need that much motivation to play Robbers? No, don't I don't, I don't think, so. think so. Yeah, I think you're right there. So Danny Carr, uh, he has scored three successive games. So Prof, who's done that in recent seasons? Brando did it last season. Right. Gary Shaw and Sean Boyd <coughs> did it the season before. Okay. But that was all a competition. So in the league, last time was Danny North. Danny North wow. scored. Banging them in non-league apparently I think in the 11th tier playing for Scampi Fries. <laughs> I know what did he say he doesn't like Scampi sorry Bacon Fries. Danny yeah, remember he actually replied to us on Twitter when yeah. you said that he's like I don't like Scampi Fries. <laughs> Pints and Bacon Fries. sorry Danny Pints no he scored a hat-trick on the last day of 2015 and then he scored in the first two games of 2016 he, he was shit hot before he came to us for Sligo and Pats he was, he was really good hmm. it just never kicked off for us but actually Carr was the first player to do it for Rovers in the league in a single season since Marty Waters. Wow. 
in, in the middle and of that 2015. Could have possibly scored against Bowes as well, couldn't he, Marty, Marty Wars, in that one? He scored plenty of goals against Bowes. And uh, there was a weird little pattern emerging after this game. And that was we'd scored exactly one goal in each of our last six games. So every single game kept scoring one goal, one goal, one goal. And we'd only ever done that once before in the league, and that was 2001. How you plucked that stat out of there is amazing. But this is my favourite part, though. We had more. A, we had a longer run in all competitions. There was actually a run of eight games in where the 50s. we 50, scored one goal. In the 50s. In the f- fuck off. Where we kept scoring fucking 50s. one goal. One goal in eight games. And how many, how many of those did we win? Um, not many. I think it was only two. Jesus. Statzilla, Statosaurus Rex, just chucking out stats here. The return of the stats. We'll keep going. Oh, nice <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, like you said, it wasn't a good night. I went into work and I was in the horrors. Nearly burst one someone annoying me. Everybody just come and going, Jesus, what's next? What's next? I'm like, yeah, what's next? Fucking digging the head is next. Like, Get away from me. You think I want to talk about this? Oh God! Oh yeah, girl. What's next? What's next? Fucking unbelievable! I swear to God, put in the horrors. I swear in the horrors. I went out on Saturday night for dinner with my wife, and she's totally bought into Rovers now. Took her a while, but she's bought into it. We sat for an hour at dinner, pints, but over pints we talked about the game for an hour, an hour. She sat there for an hour talking about the game. She genuinely was baffled by the the downhill spiral of performances because she was quite impressed by how we were playing this season and she just couldn't understand. And that would be a quite quite a not neutral perspective, but a perspective that wouldn't have the Rovers tinted glasses on hmm. at the moment anyway. Well, she, well, when you when came over to the house at the weekend, the first thing she mentioned was Trevor Clark. Yeah. It's actually a good point. That, that's really unlucky. We're clearly missing Clark. Yeah, that's what she said. She said we're really missing Clark at fullback. Um, so that's that's the wisdom of. My someone wife. said to me, um, Clark is basically doing the role of two players. Yeah, such a much. good left back, and he was such a great creative outlet. And Sean Cavett has not been good the last couple of games. No, we're really missing him, and like hopefully he'll be back soon enough. Apparently, injury isn't as bad as as we thought. So uh, that is uh, that's the wisdom of my wife for this week. So since we're talking about Clarkey, uh we have some quotes on uh, when he's going to come back into action. So uh, the surgeon was really surprised when he went in. Half his ACL was still intact, which is a big bonus, said Bradley. So there was no structural damage whatsoever, so it could be a quick turnaround. The rehab has to go well, but considering the feedback from the surgeon, we'd be hoping to have him back. So uh, Clark left hospital in Dublin last night and Bradley added he was doing squats and lunges that he shouldn't have been able to do. So hopefully, uh, hopefully he's not doing too much. But like I said last week on the show, he was doing some exercises on Instagram. And I was looking at him thinking, take it easy, Clark, you know. But more quotes, he said, that's why we wanted a second opinion on everything. The fact he can do all that with his injury says the turnaround will be quick. So um, will he be back for Europe? He said, it's unlikely. He said, you could rush him back too early. He said, we'd rather take the extra four weeks and make sure he's 100%. But something that was... Maybe nine months to a year is obviously a lot shorter looking at it right now. So, great news regarding Trevor Clark. Yeah, it's brilliant to hear. Hopefully he's back quicker than ever. Like I said, don't rush him. 
make sure he's 100% and, and get him back. That sums him up, doesn't he? He's made of steel. Oh, he's tough as nails. Tough as nails. Right, so we're going to talk about... Uh, I think it's time we need to talk about Bray. 1-0 to bottom of the table, Bray. Um, their first win of the season it was 400 or so travelled. So, do you know what? I'm, I'm going to talk about this now. Well, well, it's on my mind, and I'm going to talk about the fickle Rovers fans. Fair enough, completely understand anyone who who can't get the games. That's it's a Monday night, it's raining. There's, you could be in work, you could have other arrangements. Like myself, I had other arrangements. I had to go to Richmond Park with my son. He was playing a football match, but I still streamed it. I was watching. I was watching the match in another League One stadium. So the ones, the ones that I have a problem with are the ones who will willingly stay away. When they can go, there's plenty of Rovers fans out there. I just don't get it. This is when times like this is when you need to get behind the club and you need to realise that you're following the jersey. It's not any management or any players. You follow that jersey. That's that's the reason you go to Rovers games. So why anyone would willingly stay away just because of a bad result? Fair enough, you're frustrated. Fair enough, you you you, you don't you you're, you're really angry with the team and and you don't want to go and watch them, but just rise above that. Yeah, so let the anger ease off and and then just just get over it and then get to the next game because that's that's how that's that's how real Rovers fans do it. All the fans who are out there, so fair play to anyone who travelled out to the Carlisle. And they, like I said, if you had no right and if you willingly stayed away out of anger, I, I think you need to really take a look at yourself and see if you're a true Rovers fan. Well, my feeling on this game was I think a lot of fans especially the ones you're talking about, wouldn't have actually given us credit for wins over Bray and Nimerick because of the two worst teams in the league. Yeah. So I think those are the ones who sort of, you know, didn't want to go. But even the ones that, that, that like, if you're willingly staying away, I mean, you're doing, you're doing yourself no good, you're doing the team no good, I, don't, I just don't get it. If you, if you decide to say, no, do you know what, fuck them, I'm not going tonight, I'm, I'm going to sit at home. I, I, just, I, I just don't, I can't get my head around that. I really can't. But listen, that's just me. And well, don't be misled, by the way, by the pictures of the the terrace. Because most of us were actually in the home end, taking we, shelter. Yeah, but we'd easily bring a thousand there hmm. at times, you know. So pe- people are, 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 are actively staying away now, you know. But uh, yeah, so the one there was all, this, this, this really got to me. Do you know why? Because I'll tell you my take on it, right? My take on it was that Brad's are bollocked them in the in the dressing room after balls and I think he the reason he didn't start any different players and kept the same 11 bar Lukey Bourne was he was expecting a reaction he wanted them to redeem themselves he wanted them to redeem themselves and said you know what lads we've given you a bollocking you were terrible against balls go out and show the fans that it means something to you to play for the for the jersey and they didn't do it they didn't do it I wonder was this the wrong game to do that because personally it probably was I because think the conditions we're just so awful. Yeah. We're ever going to play well in this game. But he got it totally wrong in that in that sense because his team selection personally, I it was a game once again for Davy Mack and for a couple of other players to step in and show, okay, we will fight for the jersey this time around. You remember that brace that I had before? Yeah. Last week's. <laughs> they actually did set the record for consecutive league defeats, nine, nine in a row. How many in a row? Nine. Wow. That's terrible. They have two wins in the last 15 competitive games going back to October. Both against us. Both against us. And now, not making excuses, but apparently they were considered to be better against Dundalk, but it doesn't matter. I mean, this is when we needed to react from a terrible balls defeat. 
dramatic Bowles defeat and we needed we needed a reaction and we just didn't get it. And like I said, I, I, Brad's I said there was a reaction. I think that's that was a crazy thing to say because there wasn't. There was no reaction. We didn't get what we wanted out of that. We, we were terrible for the majority of the game. I, I thought tactics-wise in the first half, I mean, they were there to be taken with the massive win behind your back. Well, that was the problem. We didn't capitalise in the first we half. Ha- yeah, we really we should have piled sh- on. We had one shot on target. I think that was Brando's free kick. In and those we situations, just, you just we weren't going to get anywhere in the second half. It was almost a rerun of the October game. It was it was wet and windy. Granted, it wasn't raining as hard as that night, but the wind was just as bad. Like Corgan's kicks were curling back and over throw-ins and. That was that was crazy. The goal kicks were yeah. genuinely being pulled back towards his goal by the wind. We couldn't get the ball to the field. It was quite and Trevor Clark was sent off that night. And in this game we went down to ten men as well. So the games were quite similar. It's um like I said, it's a excuse my raspy voice today. I'm I'm a, a little bit under the weather. I was too actually. I the had prof was struggling yesterday. I had well. what's medically known as the sniffles. <laughs> That's a great medical term. Yeah. I blame Pat Camartin actually for how far away he parked the car ah, from Pat, the Carlisle grounds. Jesus, Pat. I think he parked somewhere in Glendalock. <laughs> trying to save a few quid on parking, Pat. <laughs> Jesus, didn't think you were that tight. But um, yeah, no, <coughs> like I said, I'm <coughs> coughing away here and uh, we're doing our best to bring you your, uh, your Rovers fix for the week. And um, it's controversial as it is. Yeah, so just the one change. And uh, that was Joel Coustron in for Lukey Bourne. So Cavo went to left back, which is quite a positive. It was a positive change, but it wasn't enough for me personally. Like I said, I, I, I could see what Bradzer was trying. Personally, I I think uh, that was a game for... Uh, I, thought, I thought Finn needed to step up to the plate and he didn't. Finn is kind of getting off lightly as well. I think he's been poor the last few weeks. I thought Finn and Boulder or Finn and Davy Mack in the middle of the park there was was a shoe in. I thought a couple of other players had to be dropped. Pico should have came back in. A couple of players need to be dropped. But like I said, my take on that is that Bradzer was trying to get a reaction from his players and he didn't get it. It was a risky talk and and it didn't work. And when we were asked about Aaron Boulder not playing, we usually mentioned the leaving cert. Yeah. Plus international call ups and fairness that can sort of interrupt his season. But he has been on the bench in recent weeks. He has been, and people were calling out from the start on the at the break game. But I, I just don't think it was the right time to throw him in. But he threw in Brandon Cavanagh, though. Yeah, we threw him, and then there you go. That's the thing. So what's going on there? Go big shout out to him as well. Go crumbling lad, Brandon Cavanagh, making his debut. Seventeen years of age. I think we got him from balls. Yeah. He's been looking very. Uh, we he played he played against Lugan at the start of the season. And he looked very good. He brought a bit of energy to us. He was running night. at players. He was yeah. running at players, and he was drawing fouls. And but the it just wasn't good enough. What like what is going on? Like what what is going on since the Dundalk game? Like we've been good in our defeats. Fair enough. It's a moral victory. We're losing games. We've lost six out of twelve. It's 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 pretty bad. And um, we'll talk about our stance on how we feel about Bradzer and his tenure in, in in a little while, but. Six out of twelve is is not good enough. But if you look at it from the perspective of how we we've been playing, we have been unlucky. We've been dreadfully unlucky, and mistakes have littered. We've been littered with mistakes this season. Absolutely inundated with per, with, with personal mistakes from players, and it's it has to stop. So 
you could say Bradzer's picking the players and he's putting them in there and they're making the mistakes, but this is bread and butter stuff, like like Grace against Waterford, like Bulger against Dundalk, like Horgan against Dundalk, like Tomer against Waterford. These are just mistakes that have ravaged our season. All individual mistakes that have ravaged this season. And fair enough, Brad's could be to blame for a couple of a couple of uh, team selections. But other than that, we've done ourselves no favours. Other than that, the players have let him down and us down the last two games. Yeah, I, I 100% agree with you. And it's, it's, it's very tough to watch because we have... Like two weeks ago, like we said, two and a half weeks ago, we were very positive. Going into the Waterford game, we're, we're three points off the top. But it's just... It's it's gone downhill from there, and I personally, the way I feel about it is, I I don't think I I think we need to give him a bit more time. I think we can get ourselves out of this. I really do think we can get ourselves out, of it and I'm buying into it. I think, like like I said to you earlier on, Rovers chat is full of fans I've I've never seen post before, and they're coming out of woodwork now saying they want them gone, they want this, they want that. But I I just think. Fair enough, we were in a similar situation last year. I, I think we can get out of it with the squad that we have because of the positivity that we saw a couple of weeks ago. If something has happened in the dressing room, then 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 that's a different story altogether. Like my take on that this is just a theory now. This this isn't the truth. This is just something this has been racking my brain for weeks since the Dundalk game. Maybe after the Dundalk game he defended Horgan and he didn't throw Bulger under the bus but he said that Bulger was pretty much he should have cleared it so he could say he was saying Bulger was at fault my theory or thoughts on it was that maybe the squad didn't take that too well and they haven't been playing for him now that's just a theory and they said okay Horgan's here making mistakes he's made a mistake against Bowles he's made a couple more mistakes and he's blaming Greg whereas Greg had played well previously to that for the last couple of weeks so he's looking at that and thinking the players could look at that and thought okay why, why is he defending Daryl or, or, or Graham Horgan here why is he defending him when he was clearly at fault mm-hmm. so maybe since then they haven't played from because of that now that's just a, that's just a theory I wouldn't necessarily go along with that but <clears throat> but it is it's, it's so, it, it fits the time frame doesn't it that's, yeah, that's all it fits I, is the time frame I certainly have no answers either, so I hope no one has tuned in here expecting answers to this because I just don't know. Yeah, this is just two thoughts of Rovers fans. That's I don't it. know what's happened. I don't know what should happen. Remember how dejected we were after that Dundalk game because we had played so well yep. and accounted for not because of the goalkeeper mistakes. But my only theory was that the players actually felt the same after that and that a lot of frustration had built up over the goalkeeper situation. Yeah. But then the ultimate irony is Kevin Horgan has been really good the last two games. He's been excellent the last two games. So where, what what happens next is the way, the way I feel about it. Like I said, I I think that there's there's enough there to to keep going on and turn this around. <clears throat> that won't be popular because there's there's a there's widespread toxicity at the moment on the Rovers chat and in general about Bradzer and he well, hasn't Robert covered hasn't covered himself in glory in the media. Rovers chat doesn't necessarily represent the. The fan base now. Let's be but honest. if you were to do a poll, this is what I said yeah. to you during the week. If you were to do a poll, you would take a hundred Rovers fans, and you could you could take that not as gospel, but you you could. It's an indicator of how people feel. You know what I mean? That's the way mm-hmm. polls are done. You don't get everybody. You you pick a certain amount and percentage, and you run with it. But I I I think it's I I just think that we're we're becoming one of those bastard clubs that sacks their manager constantly. Eighteen months time. 
let, let's alternative, right? Let's go for alternatives. Eighteen months time, let's say we bring in Harry Kenny. Let's say we bring in Den- let's say we bring in Shields. All the names that are being bandied about. And eighteen months time, it's not going well. What's going to happen? They'll be able to get him again. They'll be able to get fans will be out baying for blood once again. That is what's going to happen. And I am fucking fed up with this. I really am. Do you know who made an excellent point to me about exactly what you're talking about uh, against Packer Martin? Yeah. And that is a lot of the people. No, granted, there are some some people who we really respect who want to change now. Yeah. And that's that's fair enough. That's their opinion. But there are other people who. They actually thrive on this misery, to be honest. 100% There's, agree with you. There are people out there that genuinely come out of woodwork when we are not doing well mm. and they're thriving in it. They're mm. fucking thriving in it. I don't get that. I just don't get that. We want positivity for the club. Fair enough. It's a it's a, it's a, a really strenuous time now for Stephen Bradley. But there, there's... Fair enough. I mean, like we're str- I'm struggling for words here because I, I just don't want to be that club that keeps sacking managers. But what Pat said to me was that this small group of people who, as you say, come out of the woodwork around this time. And you say, imagine we change now in 18 months time. You want us again. Those same people will spring up again and they will say, oh, feck's sake, nine years now. Well, 18 months ago, you were the one demanding a change. Yeah. How can you keep accumulating these years? into nine when you insist on a change every two years I mean it's just it's just it's not working at the moment as regards to our, like why do we have to keep on changing managers fair enough people aren't happy at the moment I think there's been worse there's been more situations and if, if you look at the Crawley and Fennel and the, and the Kenny eras they, they, they fair enough they, they went mm. after a relatively short amount of time if we do this again 18 months time if we don't win the league if we don't win the cup people are going to be looking for blood again so why can't we just have some sort of patience and build on the Roadstone project fair enough the first team is 100% the main goal but let's let's work on this project that we're, we're, we're dealing with fair enough on the pitch at the moment we're shy terrible the last two games Bradley's not covering himself in glory either and he'll tell you that he'll admit that but I think there's enough there to continue on and build on mm. the momentum that we have and as, as regards to the Rollstone project that's not the be all end all it's not the be all end all but they're playing some fantastic football we've six players in the under 17 squad at the moment I think they're playing tonight are they? <clears throat> that's, that's, that's great and fair enough the first team is the number one priority but we have to stop jumping the gun and sacking managers left right and centre but if you want to go back to Fennan I mean that had been building in the 2016 season yeah. we were nowhere near the top teams they were handily beating us and then he put in one of the most cowardly managerial performances we've ever Akranis. seen no against Rops against Rops sorry Kenny was Akranis mm. wasn't it and I think I think the majority of the fan base agreed at that moment in time that was horrendous that that yeah. was the end in this case this has been such a rapid decline you and I sat in this room Two weeks ago. One week ago. One week ago. Before the Bowls game. And if anyone had said to us, change the manager now, you would have laughed. Yeah. That was seven days ago. I really think it's been accelerated by the manner of that defeat against Bowls, the 99th minute and the, the trouble and everything that happened. And it's, like I said, people, someone said to me last night that the only reason Brad's are still in a job is because there's no alternative out there. And I, I disagreed. 
I, I just I just think that there is a lot of positivity at the club at the moment and within two weeks that has been torn to shreds because of a couple of bad decisions and a, a couple of like fair enough Brad's are, is at fault as regards to his team selection against Bray and, and there was no fight against Bowles and we need to address that but why, why can't Rovers fans just come together and why do they keep on to bay for blood? Let's now that's a generalization. Rowers fans, not everyone is like that. But let's let's all just come together and be like we say, one of the mm. people, genuine Rowers fans who want the club to do well. Go and support the club. No personal abuse towards the guy. I think that's a bang out of order as well. There was personal abuse being thrown at him. No, there's no need for that. And there's no need for that. But let's let's get behind the team. It's been a bad run. But why not get behind the team and, and see the football that we've been playing? There's been a lot of per- yeah. individual mistakes like I spoke about. But I, I genuinely think that we, we need to get back the team for this. I can see some people shouting at their <clears throat> headphones now or whatever way they're listening to this and saying, lads, look at the league table. Yeah, true. Very true. And it's, it's, we're, it is. we're five points off fourth with a game more played. That is horrendous. Yeah. It's terrible. It's not moment. irretrievable. Yeah. Certainly not irretrievable. There's a lot more football to be played. If you want to have way. a glass half full approach, Waterford have a lot of suspensions coming up. Yeah. We could rein them in. The league table is disgusting at the moment. Yeah, it's horrendous. And we all know Europe is a must, but, but it's not irretrievable. It's not irretrievable. And it's, like I said, we, like we have tried this route before of trying to get success within the first two years, and it's not working. Kenny didn't work. That was the dressing room, fair enough. He never had a chance. Uh, Crawley didn't work. What didn't work out from? Fenn didn't work out from. Sacked. Um, so, so this is, it's just not working. We're becoming one of those clubs that are just sacking managers, bringing them in, bringing in another guy, and then he doesn't get success in the first 18 months. People get on his back, sack him. Who let's let's look at who's doing decent and, uh, and tore that forth with a smaller budget. Oh yeah, Kenny Shields. Let's bring him in. What happens if he doesn't do well in 18 months? Let's get rid of him. We, I think we need to to stick with something. Something has to give eventually. We have to... And, and this... The Roadstone Project is perfect platform to... This this might this might sound crazy, but to sacrifice a possible title charge for maybe two years and just build on our squad and, and what we have there. Coming forth is essentially... You have to qualify for Europe. Well, I don't think anything has been sacrificed, <clears throat> Garrett, because... We actually have a good first team budget. Yeah. We have a really good first team squad here. The first team and Rolstone are not mutually exclusive. Yeah. We actually can do both at the same time. Yeah, true. True. And listen, it's not looking good at the moment. It, it really isn't. But I'm, I just don't... I, I think it's the wrong time to, to try and just... It's just that people are actually throwing Rolstone in people's faces now. Yeah. And they're also picking on stupid things like, why is he called the head coach? Instead of the manager. Yeah, true. Really, I mean, that's done all over the world, isn't it? Really unimportant details that yeah. mean nothing. The clutching at straws. But listen, I'm not happy with Bradzer as regards his team selection in recent weeks as well. I'll, I'll totally voice that and say that he has gotten a, a good couple of things wrong. But if you look at the the, the grander scheme of things and, and what has gone wrong, it's all individual. Like, I fucking think we're cursed. I really do. It, it seems like we're cursed. I think someone mentioned ever since Kilcoyne yeah. died. <laughs> it's about to say. We yeah. seem to be cursed. But we were, just, we were top thought, of the league in... Uh, Oh, was it Good Friday 2012? Kilcoyne died. And went just down after Kilcoyne died and then it just gone to hell. Well, I just want Rovers fans to band together and, and just not be... like like I think someone made the point that we're just another set of fans now. The ones who, who will fuck off when we when times are tough. And we weren't like that pre-Tala. Where, where, where's the unity that was when, when they bought the club, when Rovers were on their knees? 
Where's the unity when we fought the GAA? Where is that unity gone? We need to band together. Fuck all the cliques. Fuck all the infighting. All the in-civil wars. Fuck all that. Let's just get together and bring this club forward as a whole. That's the way I feel. And I'm, I'm like, we have no personal connections to the management at all. They keep us at arm's length. Fair enough, they're great with us when it comes to interviews and they let us interview the players and talk to them. But other than that, we barely speak more than two words to the likes of McPhail and Bradley. They come in, they say hello, and then they walk off. It's that's that's all it is. It's a it's a how are you, how are you? That's it. Walk off. We've no personal ties to these guys, and we just want to make that very fucking clear. We're not fucking club men. We're two fans sitting in a shed drinking cans talking about Rovers. But we want what's best for the club. We want the club to progress. We want things to get better. And at the moment, it's very positive off the pitch. Until t- on, on and on the pitch until two weeks ago. Hmm. Fair enough, the table looks terrible at the moment, but I genuinely think we can turn it around with the football that we played this season if Brad's our wises up with a few little things. And fair enough, he's learning on the job and a lot of people will say, that's not the way we want it. We don't want someone to learn on the job. We want an, an experienced coach in and we want this and we want that. This is what we have at the moment and I think that we can progress. I, I genuinely do. As crazy as people might think that sound and there's widespread hatred I'm hoping people will still listen after this week, but we know we're going against the grain here. We accept that. <coughs> but like these are the same players who we were praising to the heavens, pouring about ten days ago. Pat Byrne. I mean, everyone listens to this. Hugely respects Pat Byrne's opinion. He sat here to my left, and he was blown away by our performance with ten men in Waterford. Yeah, these are the same players that he's talking about. So it's all about it's all about how like we said we, we said this about Bray how they react now but we need we need something we need something to happen in the next couple of weeks there needs to be a serious reaction. And well, we will they, know in a few weeks. They need to show the loyal fans yeah. what, that they're fighting for the crest that they're playing for the crest. They need to know that. They need to know that we're. I'd like to see us band together again. All the fans come together and like I think a couple of fans mentioned that in the two thousand six season that that was the best supported. Rovers team that they had seen in years the, the the relegation season because everybody came together and thought fuck it we're relegated let's all come together the time, times are tough that's that's when fans are judged when times are tough and times are certainly tough at the moment mm-hmm. and on the pitch anyway and, 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 and the league table doesn't lie we're, we're, we're struggling but this is when we need to come together and not, not abuse anyone not, not, not abuse the team come together and I know, I know there's breaking points and there's only so much certain fans can take but we need to come together for this we really do need to come together and, and, and just unite again and have that unity that was there pre-Tala in the Talca days and the homeless years when everybody was just one. That's what we need again. Yeah, so we'll, we'll talk about the football again after our, our uh, rallying cry and how we feel about what's going on with the club at the moment. So Aaron Green went off injured in the fourth half. Yeah, got, a, got a few bills as well. Yeah, naturally. And the goal again, once again, once we're going back to littered with mistakes. We didn't even talk about this yet. Ronan Finn gets the ball in the middle of the park and misplaces a pass to Ali Gilchrist. And Ronan Coughlin makes it even worse is that we didn't even sign him. He was on trial with us, played a couple of games. And we didn't sign him and he comes back to haunt us and scored a goal. Mm. Horrendous stuff. These individual errors. What is going on with individual errors in our own half? I didn't like uh, Ronan's reaction, to be honest. Neither did I. Kind of threw his hands up. Looking I at mean, someone else to blame. That's what it seemed like. That was on him now. And, it, and it, I think it's I obviously it's a not broad like him. Scottish fuck off. So uh, it's it's definitely not. But they're doing uncharacteristic things. I mean, afterwards, Gary Shaw 
I don't know if he slipped or just sort of misplaced the pass, but he ended up putting Gary McCabe in on a goal. And uh, Horgan made a great save. Super save. Jesus, yeah. what a save, yeah. Nearly dropped in, didn't it? It's just a sign of players who are just sort of low on confidence are doing these things. Yeah, so that was the goal. And then move on to the second half where it, it was just, it was pissing against the wind as well. It was it just mm. wasn't happening for us. Then uh, Cars. Cars red. It was unlucky, I think. He tripped uh, Reese Garman, another ex-hoop. They have ex-hoops everywhere, isn't there? And yeah. The thing is with Danny, you now Danny... Danny's been excellent the last couple of weeks. He apparently he threw the jersey. I saw him get as far as the corner flag. Yeah, and he was still wearing the jersey. Well, I mean, so he must have taken off somewhere after that point. He certainly didn't show on the pitch or anything yeah, like that. There's a couple of people that did say he threw it. Now, fair mm. enough, I can understand frustration. Uh, he seems like a good kid. You do not disrespect the jersey because that's what it's all about. Like I said, this is we follow the jersey, we follow Rovers, the tradition and the culture of Shamrock Rovers is what we hold dear, and that's something you just don't do. So hopefully it's just frustration boiling over, and uh, it's it, it won't happen again. And then we had um we had the Bray tweet, and uh, they put in our cup final hashtag football loves us. This is getting old at this stage, isn't it? You stay classy, Bray. Well, I'll see that when you're uh, when you're getting relegated. I can understand them jumping on the, the cup final bandwagon, but why the football loves us thing? Like for an official account, that is really cringy. Yeah, I think the less said about it, the better. And funny enough, you might mention, or you might remember that uh, we made a joke about North Korea last season. Yeah. And some of our fans found that cringy, which is fair enough. And uh, that was actually brought up within the club, that tweet. Oh, really? And it was decided we wouldn't say shit like that anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And then we had uh, the Evening Herald back page. Now, you have you've a bit to say about this, but so do I. Because um, I was very pissed off with this because when do we ever get back page on any newspaper? Tell me that. I think it goes further than that because I get the, the Evening Herald in my household every day. <laughs> and I am pretty sure that the League of Ireland has been on the back page mm-hmm. three times this season. And that is when Bowes beat us in opening day. Yep. When Bowes beat us in Tada. Yep. And when we lost to Bray. That's the thing, right? Now, I there's there's a, a rake of papers and work, so I get to see most of the headlines. And we had the Star and we had the Herald. And back-to-back, both exact same photographs of Graham Bork with his head in his hands and uh, a, an article about Rovers losing to Bray. So when do we ever get the back page? Ever. But all of a sudden, a Monday night game in the Carlisle grounds makes the back page. And I think it made the, half of the back page of the Herald. So why? Well, two What's words. the agenda here? Aiden Vismars. Why are they? Pu- why is the star? Why is the star doing it as well in the mirror? Why are they pushing the the the, the, the anti rowers agenda now? It has to be. When el- when else does this happen? It doesn't happen. But all of a sudden, when we're struggling, we're back page news. So that's putting immediately putting more pressure on because more people know about it, and it's grabbing headlines. I'm telling you, these guys they're out to get rowers. That's that's how I feel. That's what it feels like. And the second I saw those papers back to back beside each other and the two same photographs and back page news, I thought to myself, they're out to get us. They're just piling the pressure on, kicking us when we're down. Hmm. That's how I feel about that. Anyway. So uh, we have a testing few weeks ahead, Prof. It really is. 
and this is when we need the fans to band together and come and, and support the team that's that's what the point I'm trying to make is that there's it's something bigger at, at play here you know we we really need to come together and, and urge the team on and see how we get on from there because that's that's what we're known for you know pulling together and, and supporting the, the actual team I don't think don't think anyone could have predicted this. No, I don't think so. Such a sharp decline in two weeks, you know, it's it's crazy. And like I said, we will continue on supporting the club and 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 doing what we feel is is best for the club. So, uh, more stats, prof. Do do we really want this? <laughs> well, just on our goals scored. Need a glass of whiskey for this. Yeah, take a shot now. Hogs whiskey. Yeah, no, that's bad. We've established that. <laughs> oh yeah. It's actually, on the list of hatred. <laughs> That's in our last four games, only Danny Carey scored. Right. And the four games before that, it was a Berkey worldie. Yeah, we'd multiple it was, scorers. Actually. It was a Berkey penalty and an own goal. But even before that, we had multiple scorers, didn't we? Like the Derry and Bray. But if you if you go from the Derry and Bray sixes, we're struggling. We're actually not been scoring a lot of goals. Yeah. Yeah. So our last eight games have been either a one goal margin win or defeat. I mentioned the pattern, but the ones earlier. Yeah. We actually did have a longer run before without scoring more than one goal under Mike O'Neill. Ah, good on Mick. Middle of 2011, that included the Champions League games though, against Flora and Copenhagen. So we lost three straight games for the first time since 2012. Oh, 2012, and give us the, who was the gaffer? That was the last two games under Kenny and the first two under Brian Laws. We lost four in a row then. Four in a row. First time in the league since August 2013 under Crawley. Pats 4 0 was in there. Oh my god. And uh, if we were to lose on Friday, four straight league defeats, that would be the worst run since October 2007. People would remember that. That's when our season collapsed out in Bray. Baz was sent off, lost 3 0. This is a. Uh, and breathe. Just, just trying to not breathe into a brown bag here. <laughs> Hyperventilating. Um, right, so we have other results now. We're going to talk about Derry beat Waterford 1-0 on the Friday. And we had Cork win a 1-0 against St. Pat's in Turner's Cross. And we had Bray losing 2-0 at home in the Carlisle Grounds to Dundalk. And then on the Saturday, we had uh, Reese McCabe scoring a worldie. From his own half, yeah. To, uh, looked like there was a bit of a debate over it as well. It looked the like balls, it was a rolling ball. But I think just yeah. as he struck it, it stopped. So I think it was still moving a little bit. <clears throat> Either way. Fantastic goal, and then Greg Morehouse with the winner there. And on the Monday night, we had Derry 3, Bowles 1, and Pats 1, Waterford 0. So, a couple more red cards for Waterford in that one. Sander Puri was mm. sent off along with Gavin Hollihan. So, that's. I mean, they're on a bit of a decline as well. They've lost. Well, Waterford have lost against Pats, and then they have been beaten by Derry. So, that's two on two on the road now that they've. they've God, lost. their defeats are away from home, aren't they? Yeah, they're struggling on the road like us. And then on the Tuesday we had Cork City 1, Sligo 0. So that's the top teams all winning again. Limerick had been beaten 3-0 at home by Dundalk. So, uh, like I said, the league table does not look too pretty at the moment. Bows have played Derry nine times under Kenny Shields and lost all nine. Bows? Nine? <laughs> so that's him with the mind games. He's uh, mm. the master of the mind games. I heard uh, Keith Long speaking after the win over us and he was talking about how they could springboard from here but as usual they lost the game after beating us mm. I even looked into it since 2011 since 2011 here's Bowles results immediately after every win 
over rovers, right? Draw, loss, draw, loss, loss, win, draw, loss. So they've won once after mm. in, the, in the last considerable amount of the games. They won once after they, they play us. After so they, they beat us. After they beat us. So they yeah. up their game and then just go back to being rubbish and mid-table. So um, the Waterford bands as well, they were quite lengthy, weren't they? It was six for a Six for a bar. Four for Airy. Four for Airy. Good old JC only got the one game. JC got the one, yeah, for getting flattened. Alan Reynolds got the one, and the other lads got two, I think, so it's affecting them already. They've lost two on the trot now. And we had Fikra O'Brolacon. He messaged us saying, brilliant show as usual this week. Keep it up, lads. He meant to say to you last week, but McAllister was probably his favourite, yeah? He said, two notes. It's the Munster Mill. So the Munster Mill, yeah, I like that. I like the sound of that. No, I'm sticking with melee. No, Munster, Munster Mill up. And just last week, the Guardians Football Weekly began using the word hoo-ha. I counted three uses this week by two people, but one of them is from Tip, so I'm not sure if that shows London's upper echelons have taken to the phrase or they've just picked it up from Glenn Denning. So, um, hoo-ha, what did we say? It's actually another word for the female genitals. Hoo-ha. Yeah, I'll have to try that one out. So, Mark Welch, about our show last week, said, genuinely surprised by how reasonable the Brave fan was regarding the shenanigans and the new owners. If that shit was still happening here, we'd be spitting feathers, which is very true, because mm. people are spitting feathers now. As it turned out, he's right to be positive, because <clears throat> they beat us. Yeah. Also, someone follows us on Twitter called Hoops Number One. Hoops Number One, okay. Their profile picture is of an arse. <laughs> <laughs> They've is been it on. Hairy arse? No, I think it's I think it's female arse now. It's right. not it's not hundred percent clear. <laughs> they've been on Twitter six years and in that time they posted two pictures of a topless woman. No, no arses. No. Brilliant. Great. Yeah. Twitter gold. Um we have the Soccer Republic montage ended with Horgan sitting down after the Bowls winner and they're not even being subtle about it now, so uh like I mean everybody just wants to kick Rovers when they're down and that's when we need to react that's what I'm talking about this week on the show we need to show them that we are who we, who we are we need to stand up and fight against this bullshit because it's like I said they're, everybody's kicking us when we're down and it's uh, it's, it's crazy at the moment the life of a Rovers fan eh? and uh, the same Pats president Tom O'Mahony aka Mark Legrew also made an appearance <laughs> I burst out laughing when I saw that uh, I'd, I'd seen the, the picture that you had taken initially <clears throat> But this was a different interview. Actually, it looks even more like him from this side. It's brilliant, isn't it? And I'm, not, I'm not buying that fake moustache for a second. Big, big shout out to the yeah. to that thread because it's it's hilarious. Oh, it's and gold. Delighted to hopefully the forum will be back soon enough, and we can yeah. uh, we can bring back the uh, the things I hate thread that Forky would the, rant on daily. The anti GAA thread. Anti GAA thread. Yeah. The, the, like the lookalikes, everything. It's it's great. So. But the usual suspects in the uh, the lookalike trend. John Connolly is hot rod. John Connolly is hot rod, yeah. Maloney the priest, that just floored that me. That was unbelievable. The the gospel according to Maloney. <laughs> Leighton Doyle as Dave Barry just got added. Yeah. That was class, amazing. Class stuff. I even got a couple. I got Harry Potter and a Frank Grimes reference. Frank Grimey. Yeah, Grimey Grimey yeah. was good, yeah. I like that one. I'm still waiting on mine. Um yeah, so we had Fabio Bryan, his spat with Greg Bulger on Twitter. He said, hey, Fabio, me, no problem. Now, he's, he calls him a clown, he calls him a mate and the same thing. So I'm not sure how, which way he's going at this. So he says, hey, Fabio, mate, no problem taking or uh, getting our taking criticism. I'm rightly so, but would you keep constructive hammering boys? You'd swear you were a superstar when you played or something. You clown. Mm-hmm. So um, 
bit of a spat and he he came back and he it was all kind of friendly but the fact that he said to hand back his wages is a disgrace that why would he why would that even come into it what are you talking about well, Fabio replied saying I'm surprised you had a problem with it but he, he said that he should hand back his wages and he's a disgrace yeah he was so, surprised that he had a problem with that it's just a media horror that's him thinking okay I want to be invited back on to this show because it'll give me a few quid and might extend my life as a as a media horror and yeah. that's that's pretty much it he wants to say something shocking so he'll be included again and people are talking about it now so he probably will be included again he's gone from being way too bland to making over the top ridiculous statements yeah in the space of a month he, someone must have had a word in his ear and said listen you just amounts to being a bad pundit you're quite he's, very, you're quite boring there Fabio he's just not very good at this hmm. I mean I had I had a slice of toast with no butter that was more interesting than you this morning so <laughs> Yeah, he's just gone the complete opposite. So, um, actually, you know what? Fuck him. Fabio O'Brien, this is the hatred. Gone. Right, that's him. List the hatred. Him and Keith Ward. Mm-hmm. Uh, he gonna, do you know what? I'm going to get defensive on this. Fuck everybody that's gone at Rovers this week. Fuck everybody. All the media. Everyone that's trying to kick us when we're down. That's another one. People kicking Rovers when they're down. List the hatred. Three entries this week. Wabam! <laughs> Fabio loves his pen as well, do you know? He's always tapping the pen on the hand. It's a, it's a bit of a tick of his, isn't it? Yeah. And even, uh, even Stephen Henderson said that he was embarrassing. And, yeah. And there's someone who knows what he's talking about, Hendo. Good old Hendo, yeah. And we have Fabio. Uh, so that's him, done and dusted, dead. He can consider himself dead in the water when it comes to Tez from the East End. I'm going to nab him because he actually works on nights and he shows up at my job every so often. So I'm going to nab him soon enough, give him what's what. Um, Paul Curry is pretty good the other panellist he was uh, excellent again he's really good this is not even the it's not even anything to do with the Rovers link he just is objectively by far one of the best panellists they've had in a long time yeah no he is he's uh, he's educated he knows his football and he's good to listen to said he played with Reese McCabe at Sheffield Wednesday I didn't know that Mm. oh yeah I didn't know Reese McCabe was over that must have been quite a few years ago in there YTS days possibly can somebody name another highlight show in the entire world where a player could score from his own half and they don't show a replay? It's uh, like... Uh, maybe another bloody coup for Soccer Republic as well. No, I know why they didn't show it. Because they analysed it a couple of minutes afterwards. But it just looks so preposterous to see a ball go in from a player's own half and then the camera just cuts to the next bit of play. Yeah, you're bang on, bro. Looks so amateur. You're bang on the money there. Um, I think that's we'll have to start bringing out Tales from the East End TV. We'll have to rival them and, and bring them down. <laughs> so uh, St. Johnson have confirmed that Alan Manis will be returning to Ireland when his contract expires in the summer. So he turns 36 next month. So that's Big Al, fans' favourite, coming back to Ireland. So um, we also have 26-year-old David O'Connor. I thought this was a cool move. Uh, David O'Connor, former Rovers defender, is set to become Shelbourne's new CEO. And he retired from football at the end of last season. So he's going to be their Brendan, basically. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, and they brought they brought in... Who else did they bring in? They brought in... I think they brought in Dave. Dave was it Dave Henderson? Yeah. So they brought in David Henderson. So there's money going in there, apparently. I'd like to see it. I'd like to see mm. Shells back up and running, you know, because it's a, it's, a, it's a good derby. You know, we want good teams in the league. Fair enough, the 10-team league isn't doing us any favours. And we only spoke about this there recently, about like the, the lead-up 
to the Bowes game, the Monday and the Tuesday, I didn't feel like I normally feel leading up to a derby because we had played them so 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 soon after we already got them in the first game of the season. Mm. So obviously I got in the mood the, the days leading up to it, but I think I'm not a fan of the 10-team leagues. I think we know that. But yeah, So he'll work alongside Andrew Doyle, previously a board member at Shamrock Rovers. So uh, they're getting their act together. Who is poised to complete a takeover of the club that will see him invest a potential half a million euro in the red. The Drunk Conjure Club announced recently that they had cleared their historic debts. So um, I think it's about time to see Shells back in the Premier League, Premier Division, and uh, get, them, get them stuck in and a couple more Dublin derbies, you know. Be good to see them because they're they're really struggling at the moment, and they're looking at five six hundred a game. So it'd be good to see them uh, back in the Premier League, Premier Division. So, Prof, you had a list of hatred entry as well. We're full of hate and and rebellion this week. Mm-hmm. Four entries, I think it'll be. Who have you got? Well, uh, a journalist, and Gary can cry. I'm using air quotes. Air quotes, as I say this, wrote a piece on Conor McGregor in the Irish Independent. Saying, this is how it opened, he said, As Conor McGregor and his fearsome posse broke windows and brought the city of New York to its knees, I couldn't help being reminded strongly of some similar incidents. But what? Muhammad Ali being arrested for his opposition to the Vietnam War? Some really tough scene from Scarface or Goodfellas? Colin Wilkinson as Jean Valjean in Les Mis? Fleeing the oppressive forces of the law and tearfully trilling, bring him home as he does so? Maybe the last one. Nah, not quite. What the whole escapade brought to mind was one of those occasions when some teenage Shamrock Rovers fans break a few windows in a rural town centre, get nicked, and are hauled up to the district court. That was about the level of it. Bullshit generalisation again. Once again, it goes back to the fucking media that are kicking us when we're down. How many negative press reports were there this week? Like I said, you have the back page... Uh, annihilation and fair, fair enough they're calling a spade a spade but we never get the back page ever never and all of a sudden Bradley's under pressure and they put it on the back page they make a big fuss about it this fucker talking about a generalisation he didn't even name a certain instant he said a rural town so he's branding us all pretty much and saying oh yeah well they go out and they fucking uh-huh. smash windows this is a slogger rider who has had a chip in his shoulder about the hoops for many 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 years so I think this is a long overdue edition. So Eamon Sweeney, you're on the list of hatred. Yeah, like I said, let, let's get let's let's react to all this bullshit and, and come together again. Once again, I can't put that point across anymore. Rovers fans need to unite. They're kicking us when we're down. Let's fucking kick back. That's the way I feel about it. I'm telling you, this media thing is really getting to me. It really fucking is. But um. Yeah, so we'll move on and we'll talk about a great piece by Marie Crow on the League of Ireland website about Jamie Duffy who lives in Los Angeles as a football coach. He played in our 2006 Fourth Division team but fell out with Pat Scully. Wasn't he the absolutely gorgeous model, Jamie Duffy, wasn't he? I think that's who he was. Who didn't fall out with Scully? <laughs> yeah, poor L. Uh, I think, what, 30 players in that, in that one? Yeah, Jamie said that he really likes the football, loves his videos. He says Robbers are still his local club and whenever he's home Goes to Tala for a game. Good stuff. Delighted to hear that. He was in a boy band. He was on X Factor. He recovered from a life-threatening illness. And he's still only 34. So there's hope for me yet, Gar. Yeah, when's the book? When's the book, Jamie? Gar, probably the only good thing about Robert's chat in the last week, aside from the lookalikes thread that we mentioned, was a thread about the farm. And uh, the admins, Michael and Alex, they put up a post asking, is there still a need for it anymore? 
and I got a really positive response and good news it's going to be relaunched next week yeah I'll be all for this and um Connor Fitzpatrick he said the issue with the Facebook group is that it becomes a cesspool of rage when we have bad results like last night on Friday I like that word cesspool I, cesspool I used that one last week is perfect description I'd say there was at least 20 random threads ending up with 8 or 9 comments on it about people just giving out and it's an absolute cesspool of rage it says it all when you're longing for the days of like a 25 page thread my post match <laughs> and you're like okay I'll go on to page 17 now I think that's where I left off yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah, it's, it's old school. Let's bring it back. I mean, flipping one-line posts condemning players and management have gotten stale and don't really contribute anything. A forum is much more organised way too seriously. A forum is a much more organised way to seriously discuss matters ongoing at the club and around the league. And um, definitely agree with you. And Ray Whelan's problem with the forum was hiding behind the usernames. I, I mean, we all kind of know who each other is, but I'd be all for new usernames and not <laughs> using your... I think that'd be brilliant. I think that'd be a really refreshing way to, to chat to each other and see see what's what, you know? So don't tell anyone your username and, and have new ones. So it'd be a bit of crack as well. So we can't wait. Looking forward to that coming back. I've only just started to learn everyone's usernames. Yeah, same you yourself. Just, just sort of slowly from talking to people. It's like, oh, do you know who that guy was? And you, and and you figure be, it out. Yeah, yeah, there'd be some lunatics post. And like, you remember mm. Section F? And uh, who else was there? Section F was a madman. Uh, yeah so James Cook he said anybody remember NP Hoop's famous thread about onions the club was in Torbell at the time and we were having a big discussion about onions comedy gold <laughs> like that type of thing is excellent it was always some crackers and like I said Forky's favourite have a rant try the, the rant thread where uh, you just give out about anything yeah. cyclists normally getting in I'm holding it down for the cyclists and um yeah, so the Under-19s will go on to our Roadstone project. And we have the Under-19s. They won 2-1 away to Cork with uh, goals from Dean Williams, Apeno and Brandon Kavanagh. So our young debutante out in Bray nabbed one. Crumlin man and they travelled to Waterford on Sunday at 2pm. So it's all looking good at the moment. And uh, our Under-17s beat Bray 5-0 at Roadstone with four goals from Danila Bogdanovs and one from Andy Spain. Sealed a fine all-round performance. So uh, Stephen Royce's team have now accumulated full points with four wins over four and they will face a stiff test next weekend when they host UCD at the Roadstone on Saturday. Kick-off 4pm. So don't forget, you can go down to the Roadstone, have some lovely, lovely pints and watch the, the, the young hoops in, in action. I mean... You go down 4 o'clock. Well, we got 4 o'clock UCD at the Rolls on a Saturday. So that's your 4 o'clock game. And lovely, lovely points. And then you can have the 15s. They beat Sligo 7 0 at Rollstone. Scores with Noonan 2, Sammy Clark 2, Rolando Banya with a 30 yard strike. Armstrong and Gallagher. And they play Cabin Tealy at Rollstone at Saturday. Half 7. So 4 o'clock points for the, for the 17s. Basically what you're saying, Gary, is just go to Rollstone. Drink just, points. Just drink points. Yeah, so seven days, pints, and then you can watch the 15s, a half, seven more pints. And don't forget, the, we have uh, Bucket, and we have Carl Cairns, and Dean Creevy, and all the lads now have introduced a game for away days. So every time you hear me say pints, <laughs> you have to drink a shot. So uh, we're going to introduce one for, for Derry. You won't be there in the ground. <laughs> we're going to introduce this for Derry, right? So... By the way, we're having a massive, massive push to break records in Derry. Let's let's just get out and support the team. Like I said, I'm trying to push this home. We'll go out, we'll have a big attendance on Limerick, but for Derry away, let's push it out. 
The Gary Twig bus is filling up already. Let's get the Hoops SC full. Let's get the Ultras bus full. Let's get out there and let's support the team. And let's go up and beat them. Let's be six points over the next two games. Let's make that our, our, our uh, objective for the next two weeks. Six points, two games, and work from there. Especially, let's bring massive crowd to Derry. Fill the buses, fill the cars, fill the trains, and let's get up there and support the team. And just have a good trip and... Uh, we'll, we'll get the three points up there on top of the curiosity factor because it's a redeveloped ground so I'm, I'm exactly. eager to see it I'm like, really yeah. eager to see it and yeah. see how see how, see how we're treated again couple of points and um, we'll, we'll see how we go on but uh, that's the Rosestone project for the time being anyway so everything is looking rosy down there at the moment and hopefully that will filter into the first team in the next couple of weeks um, the club shop is once again fully stocked with Serious, serious gear. We've got the lovely socks modelled by the beautiful James Cook. And uh, he had his lovely uh, weekend socks, I think he had on. Or his weekday, I'm not sure which ones. But either way, we've both selections available for €8 in the shop. And they're really, really cool. If you're you're fond of having a fancy sock on a night out. We have hats, baseball caps. uh, I think the sale rail is still gone. 15 quid. Jaden picked up a couple of jerseys there. It's um, some good stuff. And make sure you get down, get your merch, your bobble hats, your foam hats, your everything, all sorts of good stuff. And of course, Talatime. And um, we have, what have we got? We've got the 3K walk on Bank Holiday Monday. So don't forget that as well. We will start at Tala Stadium and head off on your wanders for 3K. You can walk, you can run, you can do backflips, you can do whatever. Jockey backs, whatever way you want to do it, it's no problem. So get on down and all the money will go towards the Young Hoops at the Roadstone Project. And of course, we're going to talk about 1899 Suite as well. We have pints, we have food. And of course, we will have uh, Ray Ramsey, our, our fantastic chef, cooking up a storm. I'm not sure what he has, but he still has the the uh, the Tony Cousins curry. Will we call it that? I don't know. Who's a Rovers legend? We'll have to name the curry after someone. The Kustron curry. Um... He'll be dishing that out and he always has something. There. So the curry's the mainstay at the moment. It's quite popular. And then he'll always have something else like a too long sausage or he'll have a, maybe a cottage pie or something along those lines. Maybe a beautiful burger coming up. So definitely get yourself down there for points and uh, all sorts of uh, music. The three DJs are back. We have Gage. And by the way, lads, check out Gage, Gary Slevin's history. He's been on the scene for years and has club nights all over Dublin. So he's definitely... You could call him an underground legend nearly. So we're going to nab him again, him and Jamie, for a, a DJ interview. As it's just been a hectic couple of weeks. We couldn't nab them due to unforeseen circumstances. But the three DJs will be in there rocking the tunes and spinning the decks. So check them out. And uh, of course, um, we have officially locked in a day for our poker night in Peachtree East. It's going to happen on the 23rd of June. So if you want tickets for that, they're 25 quid. It's a 10 euro rebuy. And there will be food served by the beautiful Peachtree East chefs on the night. And it starts at 7 o'clock. There will be a big, big push in the next couple of weeks. So get on down and support us. We're trying to get some new equipment in the Johnny Blues. And we're trying to just build up our brand. And uh, come on down and support us. Have a good night. Late bar until half one. 23rd of June. Come and see me at a prof in the 1899 or anywhere you want to see us pick up a couple of tickets and support the podcast because we, uh, we're we trying to improve as a, as a unit aren't we prof I'm just worried about Johnny Blue being invited to this now because if anyone plays poker right even even if you're not come down we're going to try and get we're going to have spot prizes we're going to have raffles we'll have a bit of crack They'll be, we're going to try and get some players down and then we can get them involved it'll be good And but Johnny Blue anyone who plays poker Texas he's a, we, we call him Johnny the River Blue 
This guy is a sicko. What's he like, Carl? It's outrageous. We used to do a league, right, where we'd pay, what was it, 20 quid a week? Or a tenner a week, right? So there was six of us paying a tenner a week, and that would accumulate in the pot. So it was serious. It got really serious. And we would have the rankings the same way Formula 1. So 25 for the winner, 23, 20, and 18, so on. If you came 4th, 2nd, 3rd, 4th, 5th. And you'd have a scalp on the previous winner, so you get an extra 10 bonus points if you knocked him out. But it got really serious. There's a couple of hundred quid in the pot, and Johnny Blue was just running riot on the river. And it was just insane. You couldn't call it. Anyone who plays poker, you actually could not make up this stuff. This man anymore. almost has left me in tears. You were calling him a witch many, for a while. many a time. You were, the amount of times he got you heads up was unbelievable. You just have the man totally beaten on the turn. And then you just come up with this ridiculous card on the river. Makes no poker sense to play the cards he has in his hand. And he just... <laughs> he'd scalp you every time. It'd be hilarious. We'd be cracking up. But that's our poker night. And definitely please come down and support us, guys. Because we're trying our best. We're looking for some headsets to make it a more in uh, easier atmosphere for our monthly madness guests. I was saying to uh, Pat and Martin after Bray. Because we were so depressed. We should break into Johnny Blue's. Have a sesh. <laughs> yeah. And then it reminded me of something. Uh, we mentioned earlier the when Kilcoyne died in 2012 and then we went to Russian Park and lost 5-1 I remember me you and Al actually came back to Johnny Blues and had a poker game and we purposely to drown our sorrows and there's a guy across the road Carl Murphy Pat's man we d- deliberately didn't invite him he's a mainstay at the, at the time yeah. he played all the time we deliberately didn't invite him <laughs> as bitter horrible people <laughs> We had, but we we scat, and I think he was looking for us at one stage. And then he heard about it the following week. He was like, "Did you really not invite me because of the scar?" I was like, "Yes, yes, that's why." No <laughs> way could we have dealt with that. <laughs> yeah, so that's it. And like I said, you can get tickets from me and the prof, and uh, we will give you more update on the spot prizes and all that cool stuff uh, soon. So, best of luck to our six Rovers players in the Ireland the sixteen squad tonight. This is brilliant. Six of them. Imagine they all started the Republic of Rovers. And they're against Bulgaria. So as we speak, we're recording on a Wednesday evening and they are playing tonight. So you'll know the result as you listen to this. So Gavin Bazuna, Alex Dunn. Alex Dunn is the starlet I was thinking about earlier. The one that Duff really, really rates. And mm. James Furlong, Keen Kelly. Luke Turner and Toby Owen. So uh, that's our that's our um, young starlets playing for Ireland. So hopefully they, uh, they get a result. So that's all for the Roadstone project this week and it's been a very successful uh, last couple of weeks for that. So, like I said, hopefully it filters into the force team soon enough. But now, we are going to do our starting 11s and predictions. Uh, right, so I'll go force prof and I'm going to go Horgan, considering his form. He's been playing well. And uh, it's a toughie. Um... I think I, I already gave it on I think I already gave my prediction or on the Rovers chat so I'm going to go Lukey Bourne left full I'm going to go Boyle right full Pico and Grace centre half Davy Mack and Bulger because Bulger has a point to prove and so does Davy Mack and Finn has been uh, he hasn't been great so I think he needs to be dropped and shown that he's pretty much human so I'll be dropping those two and we want Davy Mack in the middle with Bulger because Bulger certainly has a point to prove now considering the flag he's taking in the media and I think Davy just needs to get a run out and I'll have um, I will have Kavanagh on the left and Joel Coustron on the right no sorry I'll have I'll have they could switch it up but either way I'll have those two guys in the wings Shazzy up front with Bork in behind them and uh, back to winning ways hopefully with a I'm going to go a 3-2 win 
my team was almost like yours. It's just uh, it's Horgan, Boyle, Grace, Lopez, and O'Brien. O'Brien. Oh, that's our left field prof. Yeah. I'm going Finn, Aaron Bolger, Davy Mack, and Sean Kavanagh. Oh. Don't ask me who I have in the wing in that team. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not the manager. Thank just, God. Just go out there, lads. And Berkey and Shaw. Good opportunity for Shawzy. Definitely, yeah. And he'd be chomping at the bit. I'm sure he is dying to get a hold of that fourth team starting spot and, and banging a goal because it's uh, it's certainly what he needs mm. at this stage. But I was saying, I'd be tired of being judged in 15 minutes. Exactly. Cameos. Yeah, it's not fair. Once again, like I mean, we just need to have just say the common sense. Common sense is the main thing here. You know what I mean? But um, just a word on Sean Boyd, actually. If you remember in pre-season, uh, he played almost every game on the wing. The only time he was pushed up front was when he scored that brilliant goal. That's because Shazi got sent off with yeah. the supposed elbow or whatever. And apparently he, that's where he has been playing for the under 19 so. Yeah. So, like, we're talking about Sean Cavanagh. We're losing him on the wing by dropping him back to left back. And then we're left with Melee, who's, you know, he's, he's not in good form. Completely out of form, yeah. Because Trayon has been showing good flashes lately. So, I'm liking what I've seen from him. But why is Sean Boyd not in the mix? I'd like to see him... Listen, we don't know what goes on behind the scenes. You know, you you never know. It's he's literally nowhere near the team, at all. So it's. I think it's a great option out there. Yeah, it was make or break. We we said it was at the start of the season. We said it was going to be make or break for him, and he, it's not even make because he he's not even in the team. He's nowhere near. He hasn't been the he hasn't been come off. The, I think he's come off the bench once, maybe twice. Once, yeah. So it's um, yeah, yeah. He's a, he's a, he's the lost soul at the moment. So prof, have you any more stats? Please say no. I have a couple more, but they're not that bad. Fuck's sake. What? No, just a lot of people are, have been saying that Brazzer is in charge longer than Pat Fennan, and that's not true. Right, so let's just clear that one up. Yeah, so Fennan, 697 days, and Brazzer will be 653 on Friday. Right, so just less, a little bit less than two months. Yeah, and that's that about Brazzer being the first to reach 60 league games. wasn't true. Fennan actually did 60. Okay. Mm. So this he'll be on 62 now. After Limerick, so I'm loving Prof. Absolutely yeah. scalping other people's stats. This is it. <laughs> this is what I live for. So all competitions we have: Crawley eighty-four, Fennan eighty-three, and Bradley eighty-one. Okay. So he's not quite overtaken in there. No, not yet. And like I said, it goes back to the whole sacking a manager after what eighty games altogether. Is that the is that the standard? Is that when we start to sack managers? We look them after eighty games and go, okay, that, how are we doing? Is that what we do? We're in the 80 zone now. 80 zone, the, fuck, the, the red zone, yeah. And a couple of people have asked us about televised game stats. So I did look into it. And as everyone knows, we lost all four of our TV games this season. Three in RTE, one in Airsport. Last season, actually did okay in RTE. We beat Bowles and Cork at home. And we drew away to Dundalk in the Cup semi-final. But it was Airsport where we did defeat Starnan. In the Europa League, but we lost the other three to Dundalk, Bowes and Derry. Okay. So there's your TV stats. Yeah. Not as negative as the ones before. But listen, stats do not lie. That's what we have to push. And stats never lie. It's just uh, it's just how they roll. So that's it for this week, Prof. It's uh, a little bit longer than usual, but we've uh, we've ranted, we've raved, and we've, um, we've put our point across. So... The last thing we want to do is argue with Rovers fans, and this is this is not what this is about. We just want, like I said, we want Rovers fans to unite and follow the team, and that's what we need at this stage. We really, really do need fans to just come together and think of the glory days and think that it could it could come back. It's it's very very possible it can come back. 
so we're talking I mean look at the four in a row look at the six in a row in the 60s four in a row in the 80s These think about those times and, and that's what you have to you don't have to be we're steeped in history as as fans and it's what we remember as well and it's what it's what has a fan base the that, bad that, times will make the good times even sweeter exactly I can't tell you when they will be I hope they're soon yeah so hopefully that will be the case on Friday and we'll, we'll pack out Tala and we'll beat Limerick and of course Derry so listen we'll focus on the next two games and then we'll, we'll deal with it after that but we have our 50th episode coming up Prof 50 episodes thought we'd never make and we have Mick Lawler for our 50th episode of Monthly Madness drinking buckets of wine so well that's the request anyway that's, that's what he asked for that's him. what he wants Buck, bucket of Merlot please so that's the current Ireland kit man and 10 years playing for Rovers in the 60s and 70s so uh, his father was Kit. He played for Ireland as well. So um, mm. it's definitely uh, he seems a bit of a mad joke. So definitely look out for that one. We're gonna have a bit of crack with him. Yeah, it's a nice tie-in. 50th episode, 50th anniversary of the 1968 FA Cup final. And he certainly he nabbed the goal in that one. He did indeed. Yeah. So uh, look, he said he's been the Ireland kit man. So that's another thing. If anyone has any questions that they want to ask about Ireland, about Duffer, about anything like that, I think it's it'd be quite valid as well. So uh, listen. So we've got a bit of breaking news here at Tales from the East End. And uh, our goalkeeping situation has been on the lips of many fans at the moment. But I think we have may, we may have found a solution. So here's to reunions with old friends. And uh, keep on hooping, folks. See ya. If you be my bodyguard, I can be your long lost pal. I can call you Betty. Betty, when you call me. man walks down the street, he says, why am I short of attention? Got a short little span of attention, and all my nights are so long. Where's my wife and family? What if I die here? Who'll be my role model now that my role model is gone, gone? He ducked back down the alley with some roly-poly little bat-faced girl. All along, along, there were incidents and accidents. There were hints and allegations. If you'll be my bodyguard, I can be 